You know, Janet Napolitano, who refused to go through the machine, you know, you say, well, because of the radiation. No, because she knows. She's worked in the government. She she's knows that once she there. steps foot in that machine, they're saving that picture of her dead-ass naked, and they're going to use it as blackmail. Adam Curry, John C. Devorah. It's Thursday, November 18, 2010. Time for your Gitmo Nation media assassination, episode 253. This is No Agenda. Keeping our eye on all the distractions and coming to you from the Hilltop Watchtower, Crackpot Command Center in Gitmo Nation West in the People's Republic of Southern California. In the morning, I'm Adam Curry. And from the Buzzkill Bunker here in northern Silicon Valley where it's time to take out the garbage, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. In the morning to you, John. In the morning to you and in the morning to all ships at sea. And the boots on the ground and our human resources in the chat room at noagendachat.net. Hope you're all charged up and ready to go the way your government loves you. And I think today, John, of all days, is a day where we need to rise and sing out of full chest for our, uh, our nation of Gitmo. What do you think? Uh, one more time. Ladies and gentlemen, please rise for your Gitmo Nation National Anthem. You may sing along. In the morning, Gitmo Nation, we are all charged up to be human resources and servants in all lands and all ships at sea. From the east to west, down under to the lowlands and beyond, we are happy and distracted. Hey, yeah, I think today of all days is uh, is a perfect day for our Gitmo Nation national anthem. Yeah, and what story do you think jumped the shark? <laughs> you know, it's it's really amazing to me where all of a sudden now oh, there's this tremendous outrage. And uh, there must be about a half a million people um, who listen to this program on a bi-weekly basis who, go, who are going like, uh, duh, we knew, <laughs> duh. This is a little old news. We knew this was going to happen. Hello. Like, how long have we been talking about this, John? Half a year? Long. A year maybe? Longer? Well, I've come to the conclusion now that this has become the distraction of the week covering up something else. Oh, well, you know what? It's so funny you say that because... Uh, Actually, I think you wrote it in an email as it was the height of... I, I must have received 300 emails, and every single one of them a little bit different, and actually with uh, with a different link, which makes it even crazier. There's so many stories out there, and then at one point, I think you uh, replied to an email to one of our human resources, and you said, uh, oh my gosh, you know, what is going on? What do we actually have to be taking a look the at? distraction of the, the week on so uh, instead of going right to that, can at least we get clear the decks? Because I do have a bunch of clips that are necessary to. Because I, I do have one deconstruction I want to do of uh, our of our national treasure. Oh, our national treasure! Because uh, I noticed an interesting. Uh, uh, situation that was starting to occur in the media and then i realized it wasn't starting to occur we've been noticing this for a while but it was actually at its extreme over this particular topic 
And I, if you don't mind, I want to start with a, a little uh, look at uh, NPR's uh, News Hour. Or I'm sorry, PBS's News Hour with okay. Margaret Warner okay. covering the TSA controversy. <laughs> now, really, uh, <laughs> they, they had coverage. <laughs> yeah, I have four clips. What, what, four kind of, clips before we even do our executive producer. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I want to get this out of the way, and then we'll do executive producer. Okay. This is going to transition. This is going to be somewhat thematic for the show because this leads into my thing, well, at least one of my theories about what this story is covering up. Okay. I, I have a couple uh, And I'm sure myself. you have your yeah, own. Of course. Of course. And I'm sure we'll include the Carnival Cruise Line in this, which is getting no coverage but getting more interesting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And before we start the clip, so I want to play a... Uh, uh, one breaking story that has been picked up virtually by nobody. I call it the story of the week. Stop the presses. Now, I want this is to, this, by the way, ends the discussion on the TSA as far as I'm concerned, even though we're going to talk about it. Uh, it's and I want you to listen to this story because I think it kills the whole TSA story. But I want you to listen to this story with with two things in mind. How many people do they ask on the street? How many people go, well, I think this is a good idea. Well, I think it's a bad idea. Well, I think it's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. How many government, now, again, on this, with this particular story, how many government people do they talk to? And with this particular story, do they talk to the TSA? Do they talk to the screeners? Or is this story a, a story <laughs> killer? History. Oops, sorry. Is this a story killer that they're going to to push the whole thing under the, just get rid of it and get it out of here? Play. The district attorneys in Santa Clara and San Mateo counties issued a warning today to airport security agents who performed those controversial security pat-downs. The DAs say agents cannot cross the line. The procedure is performed when passengers opt out of going through full body scanners. The DAs say they will bring criminal charges against security agents who use the searches to commit sexual crimes. They say the charges will be determined on a case-by-case basis. Hmm. Okay. That's it. <laughs> Where's the discussion? End of discussion. So, meanwhile, this story ran only on a couple of the TV news outlets and some of, some newspapers out in the middle of nowhere. I, I didn't find it. Maybe it's running now in SF Gate. You know, the big I have, paper. You know, I have not seen this story anywhere. Of course and, and, not. And I think I got just about everything. No, no, haven't seen it. No. <laughs> We don't need it. No. <laughs> no, no, we've got too many stories backed up. We don't need this killer story. <laughs> All right. Do we have to do this Margaret Warner stuff before we get, get into well, it? Well, actually, let's do Let's do, We do have a lot of executive producers, so let's do them. Then I'll do the Margaret Warner uh, deconstruction because I'm telling you, this is completely out of control. People, sh- luckily, are, I think not all of our listeners, by the way, some of them still seem to be somewhat in the dark about what's happening to them, but many of them are, are quite uh, alerted. Yeah. Uh, we want to thank some people who have financed today's show, our executive producers, along with the people who are normal subscribers and the rest of them. But we do have uh, two uh, executive producers, standalones both, and uh, one, two, three, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, Six count of six. Wow, associate, associate executives. Wow, okay. And they all everybody came in at the last minute too, which I found interesting. So uh, well, everyone, Brendan, Matt, everyone was way too busy. <laughs> yeah, trying to find something to uh, anyway. Uh-huh. Brendan Matheson uh, in Bangkok, Thailand, came up with four hundred fifty-six dollars and seventy-eight cents. Hi guys, I'm sending some body scanner thoughts via email, which he did. Uh, and he's got some, uh, which we'll, we were actually going to discuss many of them, or a little few of them, because 
we think the whole thing is over. That is jump the shark. But anyway, Brendan Matheson four five six seven eight, uh, and then we have our. Uh, uh, oh, this is our, uh, our our Gitmo Nation North Pole uh, brown cheese. Um, he sent me a picture, by the way, of where he lives. Yeah. Oh my God! I have to forward this to you. I didn't get the picture. He <sighs> sent it to you. I didn't send it yeah, to you. No, well, yeah, he, we've been emailing back and forth. Oh, okay. Uh, but it, it, you know, he he lives in Norway, very close to the North Pole, and uh, he took a six second exposure out of his window, and it's just it, it, it's breathtaking, John. When you see this is Snorrestein. It's breathtaking. I actually sent, I replied to him and said, dude, that's breathtaking. He said, yeah, imagine on your snowmobile with your rifle on your back. I'm like, that's the life, man. That's the yeah, life. Yeah, we got to get up there. Yeah, for hell yeah. Hell yeah. Snorter. And eat some reindeer. Yum. Yes, indeed. Uh, $400. Uh, pose your TSA now. Obey your constitution. Keep up the great work. It's referring to the No Agenda Show, the world's greatest podcast. Michael Tanga, Sally Victoria, Australia. In the morning, John and Adam looking at getting some of that uh, sweet, sweet karma and a de-douching. Yeah, we got that. You've been de-douched. Should we give him some karma at the same time? No, uh, well. he doesn't need any. Yeah, whatever. Uh, well, You've got karma. Well, now you got a bonus for his... He- <laughs> he, he gave us two seventy five in the morning, John and Adam, as he got this de-douching. Shout out to my madebyupstart.com. Buddies, Rudy, Sam, and Josh for showing me the way of the no agenda. That's interesting. A little value for value and a down payment for some future night action. Love the show. Thank you. Appreciate Michael it. Tanger. T-A-N-G-A pronounced Tang-R. Tanger. Tanger. Q East Melbourne, actually. Melbourne. Melbourne. Uh, Larry Lee. Sir Larry Lee, actually. Granite Shoals, Texas 2653. As a new level of giving idea, he's donating 253 for episode 253. Great job exposing Fox News as a government propaganda mouthpiece. Uh, Democratic government propaganda mouthpiece. Whatever happened to independent media? Uh, well, let me see. John, how you doing? <laughs> I, I'm fine we so are, far. We are the independent media, my friend. It's apparently. Yeah. That's it. Isn't that sad? Isn't that a sad state of affairs? You got two old guys who are, are we are the independent media? Uh, Guy Bozy in uh, Tel Aviv. All right, two twenty nine seventy four. Hi, my first name Guy Bozy. Guy American pronunciation, as in, hey, that guy stole my carbon credits. Wait a minute, <laughs> Guy Bozy. Hey, Bokertov. Boazi. Boazi. Bokertov. Guy Boazi. That's, um, that's my uh, that's last my, name. Uh, I donated. John gave me my name a real ride. This is the third time I donated. My, the more I mispronounce names, the more they donate. What am I supposed to do? Keep it coming. My second donation was via the original challenge coins, which I never received. Everybody got the original ones, but this guy and I. We have to follow up on this. This is becoming a problem. Yeah, now. we have a real problem with the ten, ten, ten coins, uh, and uh, I'm, I, we're very aware of it. Yeah, thanks for your hard work and keeping us awake. I hope this donation will work out for me to get some more work since one of the projects I'm working on is coming to an end and I have nothing lined up. Uh, Sir Shane Brady, Plattsburgh, Missouri, $200. Uh, Arthur Kessler, Calgary. Uh, in the morning, John and Adam, I was once a douchebag, but donating has made me realize that I need a de-douching. Mm. <laughs> You've been de-douched. And he wants to uh, make... Remind everyone to opt out on the uh, opt-out day for the airport. Right. That's going to be a mess, by the way. We have to talk about what our predictions are, what's going to happen. Roger Harrington, San Diego, California, 200 bucks. We want to thank all our executive producers for this week's show. Yeah. Uh, before we uh, 
move any further. Uh, there's one, only one PR initiative which I will not play in its entirety, but I encourage everyone to listen uh, to the most recent episode of Free Talk Live, which is, I believe, also broadcast on our national treasure. As uh, a TSA agent, did you see the air quotes, John? A TSA yeah, they're agent. Very, <laughs> they're very it's very funny. Called in with, uh, I'll just play a bit of it, but uh, it's uh, it's awesome. Fun, someone claiming to be from the TSA in Idaho. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hello. Hello, good evening, guys. Hey, what's your name? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a TSA agent. I don't want to give my name, but okay. I want to say in the morning to all your international listeners. <laughs> and I also don't have a lot of time because I'm calling for my break. Um, so I'll just go ahead. If you just let me finish, I'll let you respond. Uh, and I'll get off air. But, okay, um, sure. You know, I'm, I'm a TSA agent, and I have no agenda. I like to think I'm objective. <laughs> but I felt that... By the way, at this point, I'm already on the floor, right? <laughs> in the morning, I have no agenda. I so much to call in and um, defend the full-body imagers and the enhanced pat-downs, because you guys seem to be only giving one side of the story. And if you want, by the way, TSA updates, you can go on Twitter to TSA agent and uh, follow oh, them I, there. I don't want that. Now... Now I'm 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 privy to some of the intelligence that you guys might not be. For example, we know for a fact, and it's indisputable, that Al Qaeda is currently recruiting five-year-old blonde-haired, blue-eyed boys and girls. <laughs> I don't. Think yeah, it guy, goes on like that. But, but uh, just as one bit, I don't think the guy's actually listening. The host is. He's like, you know, he's he's. No, he's actually, not. you're right because it's the other guy, his his sidekick, who about halfway through says, "Hey, hey, this is a gag. This guy's just putting us on." Yeah, I mean, because so he just says, "Yeah, it's a well-known fact. Al Qaeda is recruiting five-year-old, blonde-haired, blue-eyed boys, um, and they're training them to be okay. panty bombers." Okay. Oh, yeah. be, what did you say? To be panty bombers? Panty bombers? What? Huh? Well, what? Well, yeah, like the, like the panty bombers. Anyway, I, I highly encourage this type of behavior. And uh, TSA agent is in the chat room at noagendachat.net. And indeed, follow him on Twitter, TSA agent. That is uh, uh, fantastic. Uh, if only he could have slipped the URL in, that would have been even better. But uh, I think this was a valiant effort and is certainly our PR associate of the week. Our standalone executive producer is Brendan Matheson. Uh, Snorter Stain, thank you so much uh, for your support of the show. Our associate executive producer is Michael Tanger, uh, Sir Larry Lee, uh, Guy Boazzi, Sir Shane Brady, Arthur Kessler, Roger Harrington, all of you, thank you. It's a real credit, and unlike Hollywood, we'll actually vouch for you. Everybody else, you know what to do. Go out and propagate that formula loud and proud. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Ah, yes. You know, I woke up before the alarm this morning, John. I was just like, I am so happy. I'm so happy. And unfortunately, uh, I, I came to the realization that in these United States of Gitmo Nation, what is the when we're really pissed off about something, when we're really, really angry, what do we do? We make a T-shirt, damn it. That's right. That seems to be the most emailed article is, oh, look at this great T-shirt. <laughs> Don't touch my junk. How stupid are some of the slaves out there? That this and uh, oh, I've got pasties. Uh, it's like the, the minute something really horrible happens and everyone now knows about it, we make fucking t-shirts. Sorry for the early f bomb, but it just I just it's like unbelievable that that was emailed more than anything else. Yeah, look at this cool t-shirt, man. I'm gonna wear this t-shirt when when he's actually doing it. Man. <laughs> stupid slaves. 
So uh, it was that is a dumb thing. I, there's a there was some humor by the uh, late night talk show host. I, I thought the funniest joke was done by Conan. We can play that. Uh, and it's it's amusing. Oh yeah, uh, want to play that now? Okay, hold on a second. Yeah, play. yeah. Hey, this guy uh, refused to be patted down by airport security, and some people are calling him a hero. Yeah. That's right. Personally, I don't mind being patted down by airport security, but I don't like it when the guy says, "Now you do me." <laughs> hey, is anyone watching Conan? Uh, I have, don't know. I, 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 don't, I think it was the accident. I caught the gag. I don't think he has any ratings. I, I think it's like you know, people are now realizing that he kind of sucks. Apparently, his first <laughs> night, he actually beat Leno and. Oh, I'm Letterman. sure. Oh, of course. But I, that that's got to taper off, man. That that's that just can't last. Yeah, the show doesn't have the right energy, and it's also got the wrong vibe. There's you know there's there's a thing that you you do notice, and you 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 know it. I, I I know it is that the difference between quality, the quality of network. You know, the big networks. It's and huge. It's huge. Huge. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's not just it's not just the production values. It's the entire staff. It's the staff. The, it's the promotion. I mean, he's got billboards up here uh, on Sunset Strip, you know, but the billboards aren't really. It's him and an owl. You know, okay. You know, it looks, yeah. he looks the same. It's like, oh, all right. I'm reminded of the time they took uh, they took one of, I thought, always one of the best shows on uh, the Law & Order series, which was... Uh, a criminal Intent with uh, D'Onofrio as the actor, playing a kind of a crazy guy. Uh, and they decided to do a joint venture with USA Networks. And they and so they let USA Networks obviously produce the show. And they were obviously producing it using video instead of film. And, right. and it, it the quality just, I mean, the storylines, they, they changed the theme song for no good reason to something crappy. Yeah, exactly. It just went right down the tubes with the. I think they NBC grabbed some of the production back, but I mean, I've never seen anything so the the the, the and all these. You know, there's a lot of uh, stuff that runs on on cable, and except for these special uh, kind of well produced shows like Mad Men, which they don't really do a lot of episodes of, and they run like which, a 13- which really only makes its money because of the international distribution, because there's no one watching that here either. Yeah. But they, at least those shows are watchable. Yeah. Most of the stuff done on the cable networks is not as just crappy quality. They don't put enough money into it. Yeah. It's just cheap. They're cheap. All There's something right, all right, cheap. All right, John. All right. Gotcha. All right. Gotcha. <laughs> all right. Let's get back to this. Okay, so, National so, Treasure. The National Treasure comes out with a little report on this, and they bring, of course, they got the head of the TSA, who's a total douchebag, come on, and they they ask him questions that he doesn't answer. The and, and but they're all there's very interesting the structure of the of the report, you mean, and I'm uh, not going to play P, P, uh, Pistoli, that guy. Yeah, Pistoli. Yeah, Pistol. Pistol Pete. Yeah, Pistoli. Right. Yeah, it's Pistol. I think okay. it's pronounced. But All anyway, right. so they start off. I'm not going to play. The thing was long. This was a long package. It was a good seven, eight, ten minutes maybe. Right. But let's start with the beginning. So they get you in the right mood, which is the uh, play. This is the PBS. Okay, with that clip. Uh, this is a the, the, you know they interview a couple of people and then they let they let some woman go on and on and on forever with her opinion uh, about the whole thing and that's and that's the setup for the for the interview that follows. You do that out here, but if you touch my junk, I'm going to have you arrested. But other air passengers sound more accepting. Um, I'm actually okay. Um, I think I'm very confident in TSA and the precautions they've taken, the security measures, and I, I believe it's necessary. You know, just given you know recent events and and the 
current times. It's just if it's necessary, I'm you know I'm okay with that. Right, of course you want to set up your guest and you want to stroke him, right? He's like, get him ready. Okay, hey, look, you know what? The slaves are into it, dude. So uh, it's going to be a breeze. That's a little signal to your guest saying, don't worry. Yeah, we're, well, we're the cool. thing is, the guest was done in a separate filming. And I don't oh, think even that. The, the oh, package was going to look better. like it. It's just beside the point. The guest is on. The guest is on NPR. Yeah, I mean, hello. you think that they need to be told anything? <laughs> hello. <laughs> yeah. It's not like us doing it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So anyway, so they go. So let me, now they, I'm not going to play all these. There's one. I'm going to play two questions that were asked of this bonehead. Now, listen to the question. I want everyone out there, when they watch these packages, listen to the question and listen to the answer. There is zero response to the question. There's a question that's let out. And by the way, I do not play the entire answer here because it goes on and on. Because by the time he's done, you have forgotten the question. I guarantee it. <laughs> and you will have forgotten that he never answered the question. Uh-huh. Uh, she asks a question, and it's a wide-open question, and he gives a lecture. This is Margaret Warner, question number one. I sat down with TSA Administrator Pistol this afternoon, shortly before he testified. Administrator Pistol, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Margaret. Glad to be here. Did you, here at TSA, underestimate the level of, of blowback, of anger from passengers over these more intrusive screening procedures? We are a risk-based, intelligence-driven organization, and knowing that anytime we make changes uh, in the protocols that we use to screen passengers in dealing with the latest intelligence, uh, that we have to do a good job of informing the public as to what we're doing without providing a roadmap to the terrorist. <laughs> uh, so he doesn't answer. Can I, you know, that's very interesting, John, uh, because I uh, watched the uh, entire congressional hearing, which uh, and that is part of the, the big distraction. And I recorded a couple clips and uh, Pistol Pete there uh, addressed the slaves regarding this. Do you mind if I just uh, kind of weave no, that in? No, drop it in. All right, so here's Pistol Pete uh, from the TSA addressing the slaves. As we begin this uh, busy travel season next week, I would like to take just a moment to address the traveling public and all those who are focusing on this issue right now up, to, to make sure that the core mission of TSA, Homeland Security, really the U.S. government, is to keep the traveling public safe. Over the past year, we have seen further attempts by terrorists to attack subways, aviation, both cargo and passenger. And as we talk about aviation and being informed by the latest intelligence, uh, we know that terrorist intent is still there, as we've seen manifest. We know their capabilities in terms of the concealment, the design of of improvised explosive devices. So we are using technology and protocols to stay ahead of the threat and keep you safe. All right, slaves. There you go. You're safe. Now, a couple of things. He keeps using the word intelligence and, and intelligence. And technology. And technology, by and the way. Technology. And he sounds a lot like uh, Vivek Kundra and is, you know, talking in bits <laughs> yeah. and COBOL and oh, binary. Yeah. yeah, and skip logic. You're just a bunch of crap. Throw a bunch of words out there. And this <laughs> intelligence-driven, by the way, is the most ironic thing because they, you don't even need a high school diploma to be in the TSA. So what kind of intelligence-driven operation are they running? Well, you do need a GED. You need an equivalent. No, yeah, GED is okay, I think. Yeah. yeah, no, no, I've checked it. There's uh, apparently... There's apparently an exception rule in there that says they can just hire you anyway. Oh, really? <laughs> should, they, should they have a shortage of staff? 
<laughs> yeah, because we obviously there's so many, you know the unemployment is so low in this country. Was it you who was telling me that uh, there's a waiting list for the Los Angeles area TSA because everyone oh, you, I was ev- me everyone wants a waiting list everyone wants to see the actresses naked was it I oh think, that's a great idea yeah no I would I did not yeah. it. I, I, sign I, me up part time gig I'm in I, I could use the money <laughs> hey hey hey. Hey, Miss Heigl, how you doing? <laughs> oh yeah, baby. <laughs> okay. So, uh, when one of the pilots forums, of course, somebody said uh, over her, one of the pilots from Sky West over her, he was going through yeah, with his daughter yeah, over. Sh- 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 we got a cutie. Sh- we got a cutie coming hey, up. We got a cutie. We got a cutie. Sh- get ready. Sh- so anyway, so here we go with another question from Margaret Warner's extreme question number two, and this is again. Listen to the question. Note that he doesn't answer it. So there's no follow-up on her part, by the way, on any of this. She just asks a question, and then he goes on to a lecture, which I'm, I believe me, I cut way short. But he goes on with a lecture and blah, 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 and this is a classic. This is what they're doing now. Now, Secretary Napolitano said yesterday, well, if people don't want to fly, they have other means of travel. But that isn't really practical, is it, for a business person? You know, if you have two flights and and you have the option of going on the two and you know the one, people have been thoroughly screened, uh, and the other plane, people have opted out and not had a thorough screening, and so you don't have that confidence, I think virtually everybody's going to go with the, the flight that has thorough screening. Very interesting, John. He said the following during the congressional hearing. Uh, we've seen some public attempts to dissuade travelers from using AIT, and, and that's understandable. Uh, the, again, the bottom line is, uh, the analogy I use, if there are two flights going to the same place at the same time, and you, you have the option of getting on one that we know has been thoroughly screened, uh, and you have another flight that there's no screening, you can just get on that and go, there's no lines or anything, I think everybody will want to opt for the screening with the assurance that that flight is safe and secure. No, I don't think so. I, as long as it's a reputable flight crew, I'm on it, dude. No line. I'm gone. I'm out of here. Yeah, me too. So he says the same thing. It, it's a pat answer. He's uh, It's a pat answer, but the question, that was not her question. Of course it wasn't Play the, the question. question again. He, of course it wasn't the question. Uh, hold on a second. I'm sorry. I... I close it up. Here we go. Of course it wasn't the question. Now, Secretary Napolitano said yesterday, well, if people don't want to fly, they have other mo- means of travel. But that isn't really practical, is it, for So, But he does answer that in the congressional hearing. In fact, that comes up time and time again because the answer is, of course, uh, uh, to take the train. But uh, he, you know what? I think he dropped the ball on this cue here. Well, you know, this is all rehearsed. There's no doubt in yeah, my yeah. mind about well, it. Well, so this whole congressional hearing, John, was all about the expansion of the TSA. It wasn't it, it, the cover up here was about the uh, the scanners and the pat enhanced pat downs and advanced imaging technology. But the hearing was actually about expanding funding for the TSA for something they call surface. Uh, allow me to uh, interject with this. Um, we continue to work with our international partners uh, on the number of uh, issues as it relates to both passenger and cargo flights. And again, a lot more we could talk about in that regard. Uh, I, I want to briefly update you all on my review of TSA surface transportation uh, program priorities because that is a significant issue that we are addressing. Uh, we continue to work with surface transportation pro- providers, particularly passenger rail and mass transit. Okay, surface. This means rail. Uh, what did we predict, John? Uh, we said that you will be uh, going through scanners when you get on the train. Remember that? Yeah. 
Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. But do you remember? We're way on. Way on. Oh, way. You, that but, was months ago. Oh, but you know what? I Finally, I have a legitimate reason to pull out this clip from July of this year from our president of these Gitmo Nation states. What we're talking about is a vision for high-speed rail in America. And imagine boarding a train in the center of a city. No racing to an airport and across a terminal. No delays. No sitting on the tarmac. No lost luggage. No taking off your shoes. Ah! No taking off your shoes. Mm-hmm. No taking off your shoes. We'll hold you to that, Prez. No taking off your shoes when you uh, put another $500 million, a billion dollars. Yeah, and then the schools are after that. Yeah, exactly. And the supermarkets and your sporting events. That's what that's oh, sporting events. Absolutely. Can oh, yeah. you imagine these guys? Can you imagine Chertoff, the Chertoff group and these guys rubbing their hands together thinking yeah. about all the sales they've got? If oh, we can yeah. just put a stop to this protest. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Come on, man. World Series game. Oh, we've heard bad things. They're going to blow up the stadium. Yeah, yeah that's right. Oh, there yeah. hasn't been an incident for almost 10 years, and this, this is going on, and everyone's playing along and, and coming out. And I, I mean, I post stuff on my blog, and these, these apologies, well, we've got to be better be safe than sorry. Oh, my God, they're going to kill us all if we don't do this. We need security. Where do, what is this country coming to? Now, I'm going to get finished the Margaret Warner right, uh, breakdown right, do here. That, do that, do that. So, so she's asking, she asks a, a kind of a question. The guy doesn't answer, and then he goes on with a long-winded answer, blah, blah, blah. Now, the one question he answers, it's real quick, but it's not really a question. The way PBS has been doing this, because, and we've noticed this before in the past, they will ask a question when they want somebody to blather on, then they'll make an assertion. In other words, it's not a question. It's a statement of fact that the person just is allowed to agree with, and then we're done with it. That's the nature of the last question, which, by the way, the last question, at least in, in this clip fest. But, and by the way, this is the most important one, but they, you know, they don't want to dwell on it. You don't want to dwell on it. You just want to get it out of the way so you can say you asked I asked the question. I, at least I'm a journalist. And it's not even a question. It's, a, it's an assertion. And get it out of the way and then go back to the long-winded answers. This is Margaret Warner gets an answer. But these new methods don't catch something hidden in a body cavity. Correct. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's right. That was it. That's it. It's in the body cavity. That well, new, and it's not a question. No, she didn't no, ask it. She no, it's said a statement. It. It's <laughs> and he said correct. That's correct. So he now can't be quoted. By the way, oh right. There's, the only quote from him is correct. Right. This other stuff he said were long-winded sentences where he can be, well, I said this, and they can quote him because there's a long series of wordage. But just the word correct, correct. gets him off the hook. Good dissection. That's right. So that was also set up and rehearsed. I can already see the, I can, yeah, I can already see the, uh, the TSA PR person saying, okay, now we really want you to ask about the cavity. Please ask about that. And, th- and then uh, he knows it's coming. That's correct. You are correct. You are correct. Anyway, it's structured very interestingly. But the fact of the matter is this is just to bamboozle the public and keep them, you know, passive and submissive and doing what the government says. Now, I think what we should do here before, you know, because I think this is a done this topic. I, I, no, I have a, just a couple more funny things. Well, I have one more, too, which I just had to throw in. Let me throw mine in before you get to yours, because I this is the one that annoyed me the most. I blogged about it. I'm irked about it. This is Lou Parker, who's Miss USA. 
<laughs> who's a hottie who works for KTLA, and yes. she throws out a matter-of-fact commentary while she's covering the guy who said, don't touch my junk. Yeah. Really long package. It was about, not the junk, but the... the, the <laughs> <laughs> oh, hold on. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, 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 no. So the package itself is about six one. minutes. <laughs> but she throws this comment in that I just went, what? And I blogged it, and I got a bunch of people saying, well, it was millimeter waves, even though it's x-ray machines at LAX. Right. They went on and on about defending this woman, who's an obvious idiot, to m make this comment. Play it. Over the weekend, John Tyner refused to go through a scanner that, by the way, emits just about the same radiation as a cell phone conversation. Rather, he chose the alternative, a pat-down. <laughs> You know, um, okay, so now there's some important information because I did watch the uh, entire hearing on C-SPAN. Uh, it is what we do so you don't have to. And it was quite tedious. And, of course, I pulled a million clips, which will not play. Um, but uh, the, the, so the question of radiation is really what's next because what's happening now is the, the – Basically, everyone's like, okay, look, this, you know, the, the opt-out day, which is a, a fun initiative, but it's not going to help because what it does, it actually drives the slaves into the scanners. And the scanners, um, there's two points about it. I think we've made them quite clear. One is, um, if, if, we allow the, if we allow this to continue with the scanners uh, at airports, then it's going to be everywhere. Your life is going to be one big walk through the scanner, please, which is, is just, it's, it's like so total recall, it's, it's a complete outrage. And the second part is, how safe are these scanners? And this question, of course, was addressed in the rehearsed congressional uh, hearing, which is probably, uh, the whole thing is probably scripted and written by Dick Wolf. And uh, a couple of very interesting answers came out of it. Yeah, first, one thing that, that we did not, I did not do a good job of communicating uh, is that children 12 and under are, are exempted from the enhanced pat-down. So. Okay, now, this, of course, is a lie. Because yeah, we know it's a lie, and even if it's not a lie, whether they get to grope thirteen-year-old girls, yeah, thirteen is okay. Twelve, well, you know, the Vatican—you're allowed to have sex with thirteen-year-old boys. That's the Vatican law. So anyway, let's continue. That's one issue because of just concerns about dealing with children. Um, uh, in terms decision. of well, this, um, the uh, as, as far as the radiation exposure, I would just uh, again defer to what those independent studies did, looking at all types of populations, including children, pregnant women, uh, elderly, and things like that, which found that the exposure uh, is is well within the safety standards. Thank you, Mr. Administrator. So um, he keeps quoting Johns Hopkins and uh, the American National uh, Standards Institute. And I did all the research. You can you can go back and find that it. it's all in the show notes at noagendashow.com under the heading TSA. Uh, the TSA never has actually had the machines themselves they're using tested. Um, they have a, um, a report from the Health Physician, uh, Physics Society Standards Committee, which is a commercial or uh, trade organization, who say, well, you know, um, uh, certain levels of radiation are okay. Uh, so, again, they're, they're playing into their own um, into their own vocation, their own profession. And if you look at the TSA website, they talk about the ANSI, ANSI HPS N43.17 uh, standard. And they say, 
all machines will have to adhere to this standard. So I go look at L3. I go look at RapiScan. Nowhere in any of their materials do they say that they actually adhere to the standard. I go to the standard website, and it says uh, the uh, ANSC HPS N4317 is not a mandatory standard. More information on the ANSI standard setting process is available at the ANSI website. You just go round and round and round and round. And believe me, these machines have not been tested. They have said, okay, here's the standard, and here's the amount of radiation that that it can have uh, that will not be uh, uh, harmful to you. But, of course, you know, they said uh, uh, eggs were bad, eggs are good. Eggs are bad, eggs are good. Blue jeans will give you cancer. Blue jeans won't give you cancer. The earth is flat. The earth is round. So that could change. But the machines themselves, nowhere can I find that these machines adhere to the so-called standard, which is not a mandatory standard. So it's a complete lie. He keeps just throwing out this Johns Hopkins study and uh, the American National Standards Institute, and they just keep going round and round. They have not been tested. And, and, and all of the clips I pulled, the guy says that they've not been tested. Now, to wind this up, a couple funny clips. Because this, first of all... Do you know who um, was chairing this uh, committee? No. Rockefeller. And no. Rockefeller, of course we know how evil the Rockefellers are, he makes an opening statement, and then he has to leave because he has something very important to do. This hearing will come to order. Um, my opening statement, and then as I explained to the distinguished witness, I have to go rescue... The health care bill in the finance committee where it's going to be assaulted on all sides. Okay, so he's way too busy rescuing the health care bill. You frickin' elitist prick. What a what an ass. Then we have the shill, Claire McCaskill, who is from, uh, I want to say, Missouri, I think. Where's Claire McCaskill Claire, from? I can't remember where she's from, something like that. And she introduces a new meme, John. Oh. Yeah, the pat-down meme. It's actually... Well, I won't even say the word. <laughs> I won't. I can't believe she said this in a congressional hearing. Her job on public education, and like Amy, um, I have uh, had my love pats every single flight I have taken, Ugh. which is at least twice a week for the last four years of my life because I have a knee replacement. So I am wildly excited about the notion that I can walk through a machine uh, instead of getting my uh, dose of love pats. So um, I, I think we've got to work on this, make sure that the traveling public has choices, make sure they understand the risks that we're trying to address, and then I think we can, um, the majority of Americans, I think, um, I hope, will become supportive of the, the measures that TSA is trying to do to keep us safe. Love pats. Hey, you know, anybody out there that's in that woman's district, vote her out. And a love pad is a little old place. That She's excited about going through the machine. I'm really excited because of the Even love Napolitano pads. knows well enough not to go through the machine. You know, Janet Napolitano, who refused to go through the machine, you know, you say, well, because of the radiation. No, because she knows. She's worked in the government. She She's knows that once she there. steps foot in that machine, they're saving that picture of her dead ass naked, and they're going to use it as blackmail 
So Claire McCaskill takes it one step further because, of course, whenever you have someone testifying, you always have to congratulate them, right, John? No matter what, you and your oh, team. Yeah. Congratulations yeah, for being great here. job. You know, you saved us from exploding toner cartridges. And, and there's more that we need to thank the TSA for, John. I want to take the remaining time in my opening statement to congratulate uh, the Department of Homeland Security. Um, we have a tendency in this process to focus on the failures of government. And there have been some real successes. I think the the way the H1N1 virus was handled, um, I think um, while many Americans were very frightened for a number of weeks, I think that a good job was done there. And yeah, great job by the TSA Department of Homeland Security for the H1N1. Every, what? Yeah. Is she crazy? Yes. Yes. Everything in this country is becoming homeland security. Everything is a matter of security. It's about being safe, secure. Your government has to take care of you. Please. Well, she's a Democrat. Hey, by the way, maybe she, you know, she could have been at least funny saying, I like to go through the scanning machine because I'm from the show me state. <laughs> that's, that's funny. All right. Then there's uh, a couple of... Uh, so first of all, the, the the real answer to all of this is this all has to stop, all the craziness, and don't make T-shirts, don't opt out, vote these idiots out. That's what has to happen. You've got to vote people out, you've got to stand for election, and you've got to change fundamentally. Because if you watch, and there's a link in the show notes, it's an hour and a half, you can watch the uh, the hearing. It's sickening. It is completely sickening how uninformed these people are, how they're shilling literally shilling for these machines and of course the people who are not on the security committee well they're the ones that are actually standing up and saying something really important mr speaker a nation i'm sorry this is a duncan uh, representative duncan and revolt is developing over the body scanners at the airports and it should hundreds of thousands of frequent flyers who fly each week are upset about getting these frequent doses of radiation parents are upset about being forced to have their children radiated or being touched inappropriately by an unrelated adult there's already plenty of security at the airport but now we are going to spend up to 300 million dollars to install 1,000 scanners this is much more about money than it is about security the former secretary of homeland security michael chertoff represents rapiscan the company which is selling these scanners to his former department Far too many federal contracts are sweetheart insider deals. Companies hire former high-ranking federal officials, and then, magically, those companies get hugely profitable federal contracts. The American people should not have to choose between having full-body radiation or a very embarrassing, intrusive pat-down every time they fly as if they were criminals. We need a little more balance and common sense on this. Yeah, I hell yeah. The balance yeah, of hell my hell yeah. Back his time. Right, hell yeah. Now, who's that? That is uh, Duncan, Representative Duncan. Well, Duncan should be reelected. Duncan should be. Did you see Ron Paul's speech? Oh, yeah. It's on the blog, Dvorak.org slash blog. Check it out. It's outstanding. Yeah, a little too long to, to play on the show, uh, yeah. although it's exactly five minutes. But he, he literally ends up by saying, yeah, I think we probably should just play the last, like, 30 seconds of, of what he says. because well, the whole, Let's play the beginning of it and then interrupt it. I, I, I mean, it's so incredibly good. Gentlemen's recognized for five minutes. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. I rise uh, this evening to announce that I introduced some legislation today dealing with the uh, calamity that we have found at our airports with TSA. Something has to be done. 
Everybody's fed up. The people are fed up. The pods are fed up. I'm fed up. Yeah. You know, I've come to this floor many times over the past many years. Yeah, and, and to be called a kook, which he's a, he's a kook. He's just a kook. Don't listen to him. He's crazy. He's Republican, by the way, which is kind of interesting. Playing about the terrible foreign policy we've had, the terrible monetary policy we had, the excessive spending and the debt, and also the tax policy. But what we're doing and what we're accepting and putting up with at this airport is so symbolic of us just not standing up and saying, enough is enough. I know the American people are starting to wake up, but our government, those in charge, Congress as well as the executive branch, are doing nothing. Yes, they're talking about maybe backing off and allowing the pilots go through. But can you think how silly the whole thing is? The pilot has a gun in the cockpit, and he's managing this aircraft, which is a missile, <laughs> and we make him go through this groping... Nice, nice little 9-11 uh, reference there. Love it x-ray exercise having people feel in their underwear it's absurd yes. and it's time we wake up the bill i've introduced will take take care of this but we have to realize that the real problem is that the american people have been too submissive we have been too submissive it's been going on for a long time and this was not this was to be expected even from the beginning of the tsa and it's deeply flawed Private property should be protected by private individuals, not bureaucrats. But the, 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 the bill that I've introduced will take care of it. It's very simple. It's one paragraph long. It, remu it, remu it, remu it removes the immunity from anybody in the federal government that does anything that you or I can't do. If you can't grope another person, and if, if you can't x-ray people and endanger them with possible x-ray, you can't take nude photographs of individuals, why do we allow the government to do it? Which is beautiful because we We've been saying this for months now, John. Yeah, this is exactly. I, I think it's just a couple more minutes. You might as well play the whole thing because yeah, you might as well. Not, not everyone around all of Gitmo Nation has seen this this beautiful speech by the uh, was he seventy five now almost seventy five years old. He's been uh, in Congress for three decades and yeah, always and consistently called a kook. I voted for him, by the way. We would go to jail if an individual, he'd be immediately arrested if an individual citizen went up and did these things, and yet we just sit there and calmly still say, oh, they're making us safe. And besides, the argument from the executive branch is that when you buy a ticket, you have sacrificed your rights, and it's the duty of the government to make us safe. That isn't the case. You never have to sacrifice your rights. The duty of the government is to protect our rights, not to use them and do what they have been doing to us. The pilots, hopefully, you know, will be exempted from this. But another suggestion I have that might help us, let's make sure that every member of Congress goes through this. Get the x-ray, take a look, and make them look at the pictures, and then go through one of those groping uh, pat-downs. And then I think there'd be a difference. Have everybody in the executive branch, anybody a cabinet member, make them go through it and look at it. Maybe they would pay more attention. But this it doesn't work. It does, this is not what makes us safer. This is preposterous to think that the TSA has made us safer. You know, when you think about it, 
If you look at what's happened over the past 10 years, during this last decade, we lost 3,000 on a terrible, terrible day for America. But since that time in this last decade, we have also lost 6,000 of our military personnel going over there and trying to rectify this problem. We have lost 400,000 people on our government-run highways. We have lost 150,000 individuals from homicides. So I think there's reason to be concern, reason to deal with this problem. We're not dealing with the right way. We're doing the wrong thing. And groping people at the airport doesn't solve our problems. What has solved our problems basically has been that they put a good lock on the door and they put a gun inside the cockpit. That's been the greatest boon to, to our safety. Safety should be the responsibility of the individual and the private property owner. But right now, we assume the government's always going to take care of us, and we are supposed to sacrifice our liberties. I say that is wrong. We are not safer. And we also know there are individuals who are making money off this. Michael Chertoff. I mean, here's a guy that was the head of the TSA selling the equipment. And the equipment's questionable. We don't even know if it works, and it may well be dangerous to our health. You know, the way I see this, if this doesn't change, I see what has happened to the American people is we have accepted the notion that we should be treated like cattle. Make us safe, make us secure, put us in the barbed wire, feed us, fatten us up, and then they'll eat us. And we're a bunch of cattle, and we have to wake up and say, we've had it. I think this whole idea of an opt-out day is just great. No. We ought to opt-out and make the point, get, a, get somebody to watch it, take a camera. It's time for the American people to stand up, shrug off the shackles of our government at TSA at the airport. But these new methods don't catch something hidden in a body cavity. Correct. That's right. I got it up my A. Oh, wow. Anyway, um, so please don't make T-shirts. Please uh, vote these idiots out of office. Please uh, petition yeah, them. Start with McCaskill. Oh, with a, with the love, Pat. Someone's got to do a version of uh, uh, of the Love Shack. With the love, Pat. And you got to <laughs> mix her in and uh, do like an auto tune or something. Uh, that may be yeah, something be for good. GX too. He could do that. So uh, there's uh, there's tons of other stuff. Uh, yeah, former, no, no, know, I'm not going to play any clips. I'm not going to play. I just want to say former, just the stuff that is in the show knows former TSA Assistant Administrator Mo McGowan saying, hey, yeah, you got to give up your Fourth Amendment rights to be safe. Yeah. Uh, New, Jersey, yeah, New Jersey legislators who are saying, hey, screw this. States' rights. We're going to fight it. Good luck. Um, well, the, you know, the DAs, the underreported story about the DAs is the key. So if anybody out there feels that they've been grabbed... Uh, you just go to your local district attorney's office and sure. tell them what happened and say you're going to prosecute this because it's, it's going on in San Jose and San Mateo, which is SFO, yeah, but, but I is think San Mateo I, County. I think that's futile, John. I think it's it, futile. It, it, you know, it may be futile, but you start getting enough of these people doing it. I mean, Penn Gillette's supposedly going to be doing this no, in Las No, no, dude, I, I made the same mistake. That was from 2002. That was a really old blog post, and he never followed up on it. It was just really oh. old. Was, yeah, no, I made the same mistake. I, I didn't realize it was a blog post. Well, it's been going around. I know, I know. And but, the post, I don't believe, is dated, is it? Yeah, yeah, it is. I, mm. I missed it, okay, too. Well, anyway, whatever the case is, yeah, well, no, I'm just saying, it would, if these guys are going to talk a big game as district attorneys, and they run, a lot of these offices are, are elections. But when you, of, yeah, but, John, it, when you see this hour and a half of testimony, please watch it after the show. 
you, you your heart will sink down into your heels because you're like, oh god, they're all on board, and they're all about it's all about expanding the TSA to uh, for TSA surface for rail for uh, shipping for freight for subways for trains for uh, uh, yeah, automobiles, well, this, this, for trucks. sell machines. It's, of it's course it's all to sell machines. And this this spook, this former FBI spook, you could not have chiseled the guy more like a spook. Like, hey, I'm going to make a, a sculpture of a spook. Let me chisel. Oh, it's Pistol Pete. It's so obvious. It's just, it's, and they're all, they're all corrupted. They're all stupid. They're, they're all, at best, under-informed. They have to go, and these are our represent representatives of our government. We've elected these people to represent us, and if they don't get a clue, if they don't change their attitude, nothing will change. And you can bring lawsuits, whatever. Go make some T-shirts, stupid slaves. Walk through with your T-shirt. Get radiated everywhere you go. You're gonna have to be be walking through a scanner. And you know, the funny thing is about that rapid scan one, which is the one that's wide open. They sh- somebody pointed out in one of the oh, pictures. Oh yeah, it's of- like eight feet away. You can actually yeah, see, see radiating everybody yeah. in the area, and yeah. by it, which is again, you know the uh, now you know the thing I brought up uh, last uh, show was that I think that the TSA should unionize so they can wear dosimeters. And I listened to Glenn Beck, who went on. He thinks the whole thing is about getting them unionized because Obama's administration is all SEIU run. Well, do you know? And the idea is to get these these TSA guys so outraged at all the pressure being put on them that they have to unionize, and so it's another coup for the unions. Well, there's actually uh, there there was some talk about that the unionization um, in uh, in the congressional hearing. And the guy says, "Yeah, we're working on that. Uh, you know, we uh, we've really got to do something uh, because we we may let him unionize, but not to uh, not to negotiate a contract." Here's the last thirty seconds of it. Listen to what your representative says. Federal Labor Relations Board is ordering TSA to have an election. For- the, 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 yes. So the election, the decision basically says that we should have an election for exclusive uh, bargaining with, with one bargaining unit, one union, but not for purposes of collective bargaining. So just for purposes of, um, uh, of, of representation, which, listen. again, is, is, um, frankly doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So we're working through listen, that. Listen. And um, I'm, I'm confident that we have a good way forward. I'm glad you think it doesn't make a lot of sense. Thank you very much. Doesn't make sense. Don't let him unionize. You, they, no collective bargaining. And she's and that's you know, not a union if you don't have collective bargaining. Of course not. Of course not. They're totally trying to stop this. And uh, what what she brings up is well, you know, they could strike with sick outs and stuff like that. You know what? Maybe we need need to appeal to the TSA people. Maybe that's the only, maybe the people because of course these TSA they're just they're just lowly slaves themselves. And you can't th- appeal to them because they know there's no job opportunities outside of the TSA for them. <sighs> wow, they've really got us by the You by keep the, the, the unemployment at 10% yeah. or actually yeah. real unemployment around yeah. 20%. Yeah, you're right. Or higher, actually. You're right. Uh, you can't, you put these people in these jobs, they're not going to bitch and moan too much. I mean, a union would help, but they're not going to bitch and moan because they don't want to go out and hit the streets. Especially, So what did you do in your last job? Well, I was a TSA guy for the last five years. Oh, uh, next. So all of this, of course, will lead to high-speed rail and, oh, a train will be so good. And, you know, you, you uh, had a clip uh, last week about uh, from Bill Maher with uh, Michael Moore. Do you know that they have this thing called overtime on, on Bill Maher, which is on the Internet only? 
where they continue the conversation. Oh, yeah. I should be listening to that. Oh. That's got to be great. Well, why don't you listen to this as uh, as Michael Moore says, uh, you know, I took a train from uh, Miami to New York. It was 26 hours, and it was great. You know, it was fantastic. It was really awesome. So listen to the melding, uh, the, the meshing of high-speed rail uh, security and uh, the most outrageous calculation of travel time I've ever heard. Some bench. <laughs> Bench? Seriously? Uh, so this is—he had a sleeper car, but it was a bench, and he's laughing about it. This was actually on the regular show. I'm sorry. This was on the show. Are you sure this was on the show? This, uh, this yeah, because I actually got, was going to clip it, but I didn't. Yeah, he talks about the bench and the bed. He mentions the word bed bugs, oh, and then he uh, does okay. the then oh. he does the coast to coast thing in 12 hours. Is the oh, one gonna... I'm sorry. Okay, I thought that. Uh, uh, well, that's okay. Play it. It's a good clip. I just closed it out. I'm like, I don't want to play it. If <laughs> I don't want to, but play it wasn't it. in the after hours show. Oh, I, I thought it was the uh, I thought it was the it said it, the HBO listed as overtime. All right, well we'll just play it because then he comes up with this amazing calculation. A bench? Seriously? It's a bench. They, they roll a little futon on it. That's full of bed bugs. I, no, but I got, oh, America. No, but, sir, but but you know what was? Here's two things about it that were great. The train was packed. People wanted yeah. to take the train. Oh yeah, everybody wants to take oh, the train. Oh, they were packing them in. Science is in, baby. If, uh, you know, a bullet train between New York and L.A. If it was just, if it was, if you, it was a non-express train, yeah. would take about twelve hours. Okay, let me think. Um, twelve hours. <clears throat> Bullshit. Twelve to fourteen hours to get from New York to L.A. Seriously, by the time you drive to JFK and wait there, then wait on the tarmac, oh, yes. then fly here, oh, yeah. then wait on the tarmac at LAX. Yes. Oh, Not yes, to mention the indignity of going through oh, security. Yes. Oh, right. I mean, today I saw in the paper that, you know, passengers, the lucky passengers, we now have a, a choice. You can either get felt up. <laughs> they say, you know, like they'll take about three seconds right, to guess touch your I got genital. a comment on this thing. Yeah. So I did the calculation on that 12 hours thing, and it's actually theoretically possible yeah, to if, train. If, if you're in a straight speed. line... Hits speed yeah. and then goes straight in at about 210 miles an hour. Yeah. It could get there in 12 hours. But the sure. fact that matters, how many, let's just look at the logic. We're going to have, by the way, I've come up with this idea. We're going to have to start doing this, you and I. Me, uh, uh, just the two of us. Just, just the two of us. We're going to come up with talking points. Just like the Democrats and the Republicans do. That's why Stewart makes hay with all these repetitive phrases that keep coming out on the John Stewart show. We're going to do the, the no agenda talking points memo, which okay. is going to just list actual, actual talking points that you can use, that the listeners can use at, at a cocktail party. There's only going to be five or six of them, but it's just the kind of bombs you can drop to, to, dis, to dissuade arguers. But anyway, the one thing that, that, that got me about this, this idea that you can make it in 12 hours is that do you think a high-speed rail running from New York to Los Angeles, stealing right-of-way through each and every state that it has to go through, that those state legislative types are going to say, hey, wait a minute, you're running the train through our state and you're not, not stopping? stopping? Yes. You're not running that rail through our state unless you stop. And pick up some of our people. But it's only for elitists like Michael Moore who travel from New York to L.A. It's only for the elite, don't you see? Yeah, Shut up, slave. On each train. Yes, it'll be no And by the way, I'm going to go down here packed. and take the train to Sacramento. 
And I'll, I'll bring my little camcorder, and I'm going to show you how many people are on this train that they're all <laughs> clamoring to get on. The thing is empty. We can't wait to get on the train to the concentration camp. Okay. So right. anyway, I have a couple of things I want to mention. Well, so do but, I, but please, seniority <laughs> first. First of all, I want us, the two of us to predict what's going to happen on the opt-out day. Okay. I, I think there's only two possibilities. One is they're gonna they're gonna the TSA people are gonna actually slow down the process to make everybody's life miserable. Uh-huh. No, but first of all, let me back up. What they should do, because the TSA should be responsible to the public, they should turn off the scanners, turn on the magnometers, and go back to the old way and rush people to their planes to do the public a favor and the airlines a favor. So they, they have been doing this. Uh, there, I did receive a story of a guy who opted out, got uh, three families behind him to opt out, and the TSA just went nuts and then because they, they had like 12 people opting out, and then they opened up the magnometer and a fast line. So that could happen, but opt-out day may be special because it's going to be a lot of uh, focus. There'll be a lot of news coverage. So I believe that they're going to, because they're a bunch of assholes, I believe they're going to slow the process down, let the line go out the door and around the corner, and then make all kinds of assertions about how irresponsible this is. People are missing their flights to to St. Louis, and they wanted to be with family, but they couldn't make the flight. And the airlines are probably going to go along with this because they're cowed, so they're going to take off half empty. They don't care because people have already paid for their tickets. It's too bad you didn't get to the airport on time. We got your money. We get the flight cheaper because there's not so much This is what I'm saying. Opt-out day, and this was the disappointing thing about Ron Paul's uh, uh, monologue, is it is a bad idea because uh, the opt-out day will only push people through the scanners. It's only going to give more fuel for the, the, the entire security industrial complex to push these more, to save us time, to keep commerce, this is the word that keeps cropping up, to keep commerce, uh, which includes human resources, uh, flowing. So it's it's actually a bad idea, and I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be horrendous. It is going to be uh, purposefully slowed down. I think you're right. I think you're right. All right. Well, I, there's I, good argument there. There's no argument for me. Now, By the way, it might depend on the local airports, the ones that went out. That San Francisco definitely will be slowed down. Seattle, I'm not so sure because they're actually pretty friendly up there. And um, anyway, enough of this topic. Yeah, please, enough already. This is terrible. This topic is killing us because we have other things to discuss. Yes, like the Codex Alimentarius bill, which, of course, uh, was rushed through yesterday um, in the House. This is the uh, food safety bill, H.R. 501, I believe. Let me just double check. Uh, 510, I'm sorry. Uh, this essentially gives uh, the FDA, but also the Department of Homeland Security, complete control over your food. And uh, this is one of the many distractions that the uh, opt-out uh, and naked body scanners has provided for. Um, senators voted uh, 74... To- Senate, you said or House? I'm house sorry, it's, it's, sorry, it's now in the House. The Senate voted 74 to 25... Uh, 74 people voted for this thing? Why? Only 25 against. They're total fucking shills. Total shills. Thank you very much. Hold on, I'm just receiving my coffee. Which is still uh, valid. I can still drink this. The Department of Homeland Security hasn't screened it yet. 
So my, they, fa- my favorite news story this week is they they they, they decided to legislate against uh, alcoholic beverages that have caffeine. Yeah, caffeine. In them. Yeah, I know. And I think the first thing I thought of, and no, none of these news coverages brought it brought it up. It says, "Oh, really?" So in other words, an Irish coffee, which is a traditional drink served in bars for the last hundred years, yeah, is it's, now it's illegal. illegal. It's illegal, absolutely. But this is. But the whole point is, they now will have once this passes in the house. They will have complete control over your food. And it's, it's all for your security. Now, I will say, because I've looked at it on both sides, that considering how our food in general is made, the stuff that the human resources uh, in general consume, you kind of need it. Because we've got nothing but factories of chickens, factories of cows, factories of pigs, factories of everything, genetically modified. It's so crazy and outrageous and so so... Uh, um, industrialized that you actually you, you gotta have some kind of uh, safety because it's not real food it's dirt with chemicals mixed in and genetically modified stuff so you think it tastes good and it's not real food but now they have or they will have complete control and by the way it's a 1.4 billion dollar bill I, I guess that's to up the homeland security das hinterland needs more security John for what the slaves are going to eat so they don't eat tainted products, and we saw this coming. We saw this with the uh, e- with the. Um, well, you actually one that saw it coming about a year and a half ago. Two years, two years ago, ago, two years, years ago, ago, when the Codex Alimentarius. Uh, well, of course, that became official in two thousand nine in uh, in uh, Gitmo Nation Europe, United States of Europe. But now they'll have complete control over your food. When you control people's money, you control people's food. Uh, let me think. Oh yes, you control the people. So yeah. That's, well, so- my. My wife has been on a kick because the FDA has been given new powers. And then Washington State, they're cracking down left and right on uh, raw milk dairies, including oh, yeah. one they sh- basically shut down and tried to ruin them. They could find nothing wrong with this place because most of these places are hyper clean, which is actually a good thing. And these, they're just they're busting they're busting balls left and right. These guys. I mean, they're already stepping on, you know, small operations. They're going to close down uh, little organic places. I mean, it, and the organic food movement, which is now actually dominated by what is what uh, Michael Pollan calls big organic, which is like Whole Foods. And if you look at you know what's supposedly healthy in there, you find there's a lot of rapeseed oil based may- mayonnaise and other things that aren't healthy at all necessarily. So um, um, while I'm on this kick for a second, of course, what is uh, approved, thanks to Donald Rumsfeld, is uh, aspartame. And uh, human resource and producer Eric uh, sent in a note. Hey, guys, I was at the grocery store with my wife and two kids who was 11 and 3. I saw a box of a box. Yes, literally a box labeled aspartame. <laughs> you can now just get the poison in a box. I have drilled into the kids. G- good parenting, by the way, Eric, uh, that they are not to eat the shit. So my 11-year-old says, look, they are selling that poison. So we talked about it, and we decided to go buy two mice and feed one sugar water and one aspartame water. So we went right to the pet store and bought two mice. They get food and their respective water mixes. Uh, I will let you know how it turns out. The problem, of course, is the three-year-old has fallen in love with the mice and keeps crying, I don't want them to die. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you can't do these kinds of experiments with three-year-olds. <laughs> to which I reply, don't worry. According to the FDA, they will be just fine. Uh, my next experiment will be to get some high fructose corn syrup, uh, but not sure how to get my hand on some of that shit. I am videotaping the experiment. We'll let you know what happens. Um, 
And uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, there's another uh, awesome link which you can read about. Uh, Put uh, this stuff up on YouTube. I mean, it's as good as anything oh, yeah, from no, the government. Oh, totally. Um, we should be doing. We should encourage more home experimentation on mice. Well, here's a woman who made ant poison from aspartame. Uh, living in Florida and being invaded by ants, and she decided to make up some ant poison of her own. Uh, she mixed it with raw honey, three to four parts raw honey to one part aspartame, fried them. They're all dead. There's great pictures. <laughs> uh, aspartame killed the ants. Uh, <laughs> well, that's good. It's yeah. something they could be at least it's useful. Yeah. And uh, while we're on the topic, the actual CDC, Centers for Disease control has now come out and says you know too much fluoride may not be too good for you along with the uh, american dental association it actually uh, can kill you so uh huh. have a nice drink of water that's also in the show notes at noagendashow.com and then uh, while we're talking about the ministry of good for you because that's my new ministry that i've uh, i've made up uh secretary of transportation ray LaHood uh says uh, you know um People using cell phones and cars, that's, uh, that's really dangerous. And by the way, the government, of course, uh, is now selling their stock uh, in, uh, in one of the big car companies, General Motors. Uh, and uh, he intends to, uh, in the future, I'm not sure if it's the near future, um, but to mandate cell phone scrambling devices in all automobiles. How about that, huh? Really smart. It'll save a lot of lives. Again, mm. just another way to protect you, you stupid slave. You can't take care of yourself. We've got to do it for you. Thank you, LaHood. Fascinating. Just fascinating. Well, it's back to the depressing. Less depressing is the fact that we got some donations this week, and maybe we should go to those for a minute. I think that's a grand idea, John. Uh, we want to thank some of our uh, donors who helped produce this show. Uh, and with their kind uh, um, giving, <laughs> Gregory Laudrup. I would always look. Spoke, you, you spoken need more like, yeah, spoken like a true uh, uh, NPR yeah, national trade. Nice giving, uh, Thanksgiving. Nice giving. Wonderful. By the yeah, way, right. we we will have a show on. Uh, yes, we do the show. We on do the show on Thanksgiving. You probably have to record it because I don't think anyone's going to listen live. Oh yeah, what are you talking about? It's it. You should gather. The, first of all. The whole family should be gathered round and should be listening to the show. You don't want to actually. We're going to do it live, aren't we? I mean, I'm 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 here Thursday morning. You're there Thursday. Yeah, morning. we're going to do it live. Yeah, and and I hope. Yeah, that's what we do. You're going to be up uh, in Washington. No, where everyone's down here. Oh, cool. We're having. Uh, we're going to do a special Thanksgiving, and we're going to cook. Uh, we don't even know yet. Everyone, nobody wants turkey this year. It's weird. Really, I haven't seen any turkey promotions. Actually, I've been looking around. I haven't seen them. Huh. Uh, first, we got. Let me ma- make sure to mention the make good that we have. I want to do that yes. right at the top before I forget. Um, let me see if I got it here. Yeah, I have it. Uh... It's uh, Jeremy uh, O'Meara. Uh, who was a fifty dollar donor uh, last show, and we forgot to mention his name, and so right. he's to make good guy. Sorry and you about can, that. Uh, you can also send notes to I think it's No Agenda Shill or what's the name? What's Eric's email for that? Oh, it's uh, Shill at NoAgendaNation dot com. Shill at NoAgendaNation dot com. If you don't get mentioned, um, so okay, uh, we got Gregory uh, Lodrup of North Hills, California. 
Uh, he's actually from Los, An- Los Angeles, and this is a uh, we but we, we put it on the on the donation page now. The niner 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 call out, which means uh, and when you give us ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents, Adam has to say niner niner four times, and then your your name. Gregory Lodrop, thank you for your niner 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 donation support level. It was one, two, three, four. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Thompson, Fort Collins, Colorado, $66, donating $1 for each year of Michael Crichton's life before he got two to the head <laughs> for exposing the truth with his novel, State of Fear and Next. Right. Okay. Well, that's a, that's a good one. Yep. $66. Anyone wants to do that? And then uh, Michael Crichton, I have uh, his, his uh, yeah. He he blew the he, he said uh, on his last one of his last interviews with Charlie Rose that he had never gotten so much concerted uh, targeted hate for he wrote a novel uh, poo pooing the global warming scam oh yeah Ooh, and wow. apparently Big was mistake. just Ridicule. was just yeah. pretty much yeah that's why they killed him John Martinez Gilroy California fifty five fifty five Brian Polakowski Westerville Ohio. Or higher, Ohio, Ohio. No, it's now the yep. new Gitmo Nation state of Ohio. Ohio, fifty-five. But they need to Ohio people in Ohio. Fifty-five ten from the cynical douchebag Brian Polakowski in Columbus, Ohio, to his uber douchebag brother Matthew Polakowski in Lakewood, Ohio. Happy birthday! And yes, the snotty little brother who had to one up his older brother by donating point one oh one cents more. Yeah, gotta love it. We have a birthday call out later. Yeah, James do. Novak, Rio Rancho, New Mexico, double nickels on the dime, enjoy the show. Uh loves the show. Best show in the world, uh, he says. Uh Shelby Johnston, Chico, California, double nickels on the dime. New listener, thanks to my boyfriend. Shelby's a, a girl. Yeah. I a new uh, cool. thanks to my boyfriend Matt Scripic, who went out and hit me in the mouth. <laughs> I love listening to the show. Thanks for doing it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, good going, Matt. <laughs> I, Mark think, I think we should do this to all of our spouses because we need more women listening to the show because women actually propagate the, the formula much better. I yeah. Think. I think they, they really do. Well, welcome, Shelby. We welcome you. Thank you for your support of the show. Mark Anderson, Franklin, Tennessee, five fifty four twenty. Good morning. I'm a long time listener, first time donor. Fifty dollars for myself. Who's your data? And extra four dollars and twenty cents to call out Shroom as a douchebag. Douchebag. I turned him on to the show over a year ago. Neither of us, of us donated yet. I'd, since I had not been called, I don't need a de douching, but some karma might go a long way. You've got karma. Oh, yes. Always makes me feel warm and fuzzy when we hand out the karma. Don Matthews, Rock Hill, South Carolina, 5150. I would love to appreciate a plug for my Android app, Ultracron Timer and Stopwatch. Uh, just the naked body scanner coverage is worth the donation. And then we have Ricky Pierce and Lulari Corpy, who should be getting their knighthoods pretty soon with $50 donation. Yeah, they're on the layaway uh, plan. Yep. Layaway plan. J- Jason Dozier. Kansas City, uh, Kansas, as opposed to Kansas City, Missouri, uh, $50. Brian Angel, Fairbanks, Alaska, $50. Jason Bulk, $50. He's from Richmond, Texas, and Lake. Orion, Michigan's Sven Semler, $50. Thanks to everybody who helped us out this week. It's your birthday, birthday. I know what you got. Well, one of our... Uh 
Paxos executive producers, uh, Guy Boazzi, Bokertov, and uh, happy birthday to you. He turns 36, or turned 36, on uh, September 22nd, so it's, wow, a, quite a belated birthday. And Brian Palakowski uh, says happy birthday to his brother Matthew on behalf of himself, and of course, all your friends here at No Agenda. It's your birthday, yeah! Now, you had a new, uh, a new thing. Going yeah, on. if people want to donate, uh, you go, to, of course, to Dvorak.org slash N-A or NoAgendaShow.com, ChannelDvorak.com slash N-A. Uh, and this time, I've decided, I just want to experiment and see if people, you know, who, especially the commuters who listen to this show and you compare, like, what would you pay for a, a DVD or even a download of, a, of an iTunes hour? Uh, you typically, I mean, you it's to get an hour's worth of material for a dollar is is what I'm thinking here. And so, four hours a week, we do four hours a week for people, especially in your car driving along. Uh, and a dollar an hour seems like a reasonable price. We actually so do I, uh, more closer to five hours, but okay. Yeah, but but you know, it's not it's not five. Right. It's four plus. Yes. It's the rest is bonus. Right. But we do you know at least we do a minimum of four hours a week that people can use when they go back and forth to work or whatever they want to however they want to listen to the show. Generally speaking, it's commuters who have you know the time that they're stuck in a car and they don't want to listen to regular radio, which is terrible, full, filled with ads and propaganda. And uh, for I figure a dollar a a, a dollar an hour at, uh, collected on a weekly basis, which would be four dollars a week, uh, is a, is an interesting idea that might appeal to some people who uh, who are actually benefiting from the show in that way. And so it's now available as a uh, as an item on the uh, dvorak.org slash na donation page. So it's uh, four four dollars a week. Is that the? Uh, yeah, it's four dollars a week. I think that's uh, value for value. Right on. I think it's a reasonable deal. And and uh, we really want to thank everybody, our executive producers, associate executive producers, everyone else who uh, supports the show. This is the only way this show runs, and it's the reason why we are truly independent media. Uh, we, By the way, we get duped from time to time. We try to make up for it when yeah, we Yeah, I was do. just duped earlier in the show with that Penn Gillette thing from over two, three, four go. years ago. I was duped, too. But you know what? Within... I'd say 30 seconds. <laughs> I had were de-duped. No, I was told, hey, we needed a new jingle. You've been de-duped. Well, John, um, uh, uh, so Dvorak.org slash NA or, um, of course, uh, ChannelDvorak.com slash NA and NoAgendaShow.com. Just uh, hit the donation page link and support this show. Uh, we've been... Uh, We've been telling you about a lot of things that are now finally in the mainstream because we, all de- we are alternative to the mainstream. And the only way it works is when you support us. The business model works. It's value for value. Uh, please uh, support us. I, I can't plea any more than that by saying please. So um, Yemen, of course, in the news because of the uh, the toner cartridge filled with uh, yeah, some kind of stuff. <laughs> we don't know what. We don't really know what. But uh, Some powder. Apparently... Uh, the plot was Toner. foiled. The plot was foiled. Oh, please go and watch that uh, that that TSA congressional hearing. You, you will you will get angry. You will laugh. You will cry. You have to watch it. They talk about that too a lot. Actually, it's it's used as a a weapon leverage. to get leverage to get more money. So uh, Yemen, of course, has been very interesting for a while, and uh, they talk about Yemen as well. You know, uh, this uh, pistol Pete there went off to Yemen five days after. Uh, the uh, the the plot was foiled. He literally says, "We foiled the plot." Um, it was supposed to explode over the east coast, and they just really make it up uh, as they go along. 
But a lot of weird things going on in Yemen. Do you remember, John, what I said about Yemen way before Yemen was en vogue, before we had uh, al-Qaeda on the Arabian Peninsula in Yemen? Do you remember what I said about there were 300 warships uh, in the Gulf of Aden off Yemen? Do you remember what that was about? Yeah, it was some sort of an exercise, wasn't it? No, it was the Stargate. Oh, right. Oh, the Stargate. Wow, there's an artwork waiting for this this commentary. Now, did you <laughs> notice that uh, just in this uh, past week and a half, there have been 48 earthquakes in the Gulf of Aden? 48 earthquakes. Now, of course. Well, okay, well, what's the baseline, though? How many earthquakes do they normally have in the Gulf of Aden? None. None. <laughs> None. 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 They don't have earthquakes. It's in the Gulf. And all of a sudden, and this is right off where the Stargate is supposed to be, I think the thing is being activated. I think it's opening up. And it would make a lot of sense. Uh, you know what's going to come out? <laughs> what? Fish. <laughs> yeah. Could be. But This is how they keep replenishing the Earth's fisheries. It could be. Fish come out of the Stargate from outer space. Well, uh, there's a couple of uh, interesting links, and I... Air quotes on the interesting, but please have a look um, <laughs> at the links about uh, the earthquakes. You know, but before all, before I started talking about the Stargate, um, no and one. Thanks for reminding me, by the way, because I have forgotten. Yes, no one talked about uh, Yemen. No one talked about the Gulf of Aden. Now we've got three hundred warships there. We've, in, for all intents and purposes, invaded this country of uh, was it uh, three four million people. Uh, we've got uh, TSA, Homeland Security, Das Hinterland Security. We've got them in there. We've got the CIA in there. We've got uh, everyone's looking for uh, Al-Qaeda on the Arabian Peninsula. There's clearly something going on. And yes, oil would be the top of the list. But right down there at point one point one point five, I'm putting uh, the Gulf of Aden Stargate. So um, there you go. Uh, you know what? Don't say I didn't call it. No, no. Something uh, that was very local to uh, to Hollywood. Oh yeah! This now this week. is this. Uh, before you go to that, if you want to do this story, I know what you're going to do. Yeah, we might as well run my my weekly Thursday real news segment, a clip of all the teasers that you find on the extra show or or one of the Access Hollywood. I, I pick a different one every week, which includes this story. joking around in their first interview since getting engaged. We'll sort of get over the marriage thing first and then maybe look at the kids. Flashing Diana's engagement ring, the parallels between Kate and William's mom. Is she the new Diana? I would love to have met her. A shocking murder mystery after Cher's burlesque premiere. Why was this Hollywood exec gunned down in her Mercedes on her way home? Redford's new confessions about Streisand. Didn't what the- Barbara Streisand just saying? Oprah's rare tour inside Streisand's estate from the mini mall in her basement to the color-coordinated koi fish. The fish, of course, have to be black and white. Dancing drama, Bristol slamming Levi, Brandy breaking her silence about her deadly car crash. I was called a murderer, a killer. Plus, today's big rumors, did Jen Aniston sneak inside a Broadway show? She shocked us. 
And now, back to real news. And by the way, I want to mention that because the family will get a kick out of this. I have a mini mall in my basement. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's not that well organized. <laughs> <laughs> so um, under the heading star uh, Hollywood Whackers in, um, in the show notes at noagendashow.com. Very, very interesting. So now this, let's let's rebrief people on on your on the basic premise here, which is well, it really started based on with the Randy Quaid. Well, no, actually, it goes back to uh, Michael Jackson, who I believe was killed because he was worth more dead than alive, and of course, that's also in today's uh, Hollywood Whackers uh, corner, which is my little mall here in the basement. Um, that uh, whenever there's money involved, there is organized crime. And uh, let's face it, you can probably hire someone to whack a guy for 50 bucks. So for 50 million, I think it's possible. So Ronnie Chasen is uh, a, uh, a Hollywood publicist. And uh, she, uh, so the news hit, uh, I think, Tuesday, uh, that uh, she had been shot dead in her car, five shots to the chest, which is uh, the, new, the new meme, by the way. You got two to the head or five to the chest. Um, in her uh, Mercedes, and then uh, her Mercedes kind of gently crashed into a into a lamp post. Uh, it was in Beverly Hills, of all places, uh, where this doesn't happen very often, and uh, and it was uh, so clear that this was an assassination because there was no uh, the, the, her passenger window was rolled down. There were no entry or exit bullet holes, no shattered glass, so it was straight into her chest. I mean, this is a, a real whack job. And heavy too. This has it has all the uh, the hallmarks of uh, Yugoslav or uh, Russian uh, assassins. That's kind of how they do it. You know, they'll come up and they'll you know say, "Hey, roll down the window," and it could, it could have been someone she knew. So lots of speculation. But I look into Ronnie Chasen, and she does. She has a very interesting type of job. She's a very specific kind of uh, publicist in Hollywood. She organizes the campaigns for the Oscars. Now, when so the Oscar season is uh, is coming up, and 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 the way it works is you want to uh, make the uh, the Academy, and of course the, these are the people that vote. You want to make the Academy very aware of how successful your movie is. So you hire a, a reputable PR firm or publicist, and they will promote. They'll create an entire campaign around a movie. So that means parties and billboards and special screenings and it's it's, it's you know what this is big booking a lot of bookings yeah big big business and uh, i've googled around for ronnie chasen the only thing i could find she's got a big mouth and uh, i think that mouth got her dead uh, because when you have millions maybe even hundreds of millions of dollars riding on uh, an oscar nomination and or win i think it's simple and this is what it's what it's come down to the the mob has taken over Hollywood, and they really don't give a crap. They will kill you. They'll kill you for any... Hey, what? She's doing too good with that. Let's just kill her. Now, of course, this could also be a very sick promotion for the movie with Cher and Christina Aguilera, but I, you know, I, wow. <laughs> that is out there. <laughs> it, it's possible. Now, the other thing... It's possible. It's possible. The other thing that happened this week, which is one of those... Coincidence? I think not! After years... Of Steve Jobs trying to get the Beatles on iTunes. Finally, they arrived. And, of course, uh, this is after Michael Jackson is dead. Well, no coincidence. No coincidence. That's no coincidence. That's no coincidence. You know, because now, of course, his his catalog, there's no resistance. Even though he doesn't actually uh, own the specific rights, I don't believe that he owns the specific rights that have held that back. 
I think with all the ancillary deals that are being made, the way this deal fits together, it was kind of handy that he w- that he couldn't say no or the, yeah. or whatever. So, you know, just one of those, oh, how, how handy, incredibly handy. Well, they're probably not going to catch the guys. They have no clues. They have no uh, suspects. They got nothing on the on the hit. No. So it's a professional job, and that's the end of it. That's uh, we'll never know. Well, uh, no, but but uh, Randy Quaid, who said, "Look, there's gangs in Hollywood. There's organized crime. They are out to get me. They're out to take my money. And if I don't shut up, then they'll they'll whack me." Um, I think he's he's right. The poor guy, he's right. And I hope Canada gives him asylum. And I hope he continues to do great movies up there in Canada. Well, that's where most of the movies are made anyway, yeah. probably for that reason. little uh, Haiti update, John. Uh, some news there. Cholera, de- reporting from the New York Times, cholera deaths are up in Haiti with the worst to come. Remember now, this is, uh, remember you texted all of your little messages and we all watched with tears in our eyes as all of your Hollywood favorite celebrities pleaded for the money and we raised hundreds of millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars, billions, up to eight billion promised to, uh, to rebuild Haiti. But there's one little problem. We have all those irritating Haitians in the way. And we've reported on this, that uh, cholera doesn't just pop up. It has to be introduced. Death toll now in Haiti, 900, the government reported. No, I actually on went Sunday. over 1,000. Over 1,000 already? The ministry. I, f- I, I've got a little add-on to this story. Okay, well, let me... Uh, which is kind of a... Go, you want to finish? Well, let me, let me just finish up with the details. Uh, so that's what the New York Times reports. Then we go to reporting from the BBC as a uh, Haitian protester was shot dead by U.N. peacekeepers. Now, look at all the... If you have a chance, look at the pictures coming out of Haiti. It, now it's a war zone. It's a the war zone. The peacekeepers shot him dead. Yeah, all it, right, I mean, can, you, can, you, can you get a better headline than that? Here it is. Uh, literally, November 16, 2010, BBC, Ministry of Truth, Haiti protester shot dead by U.N. peacekeeper. I mean, it, does that fuck with your mind or what? Is, is that the most outrageous thing that you've ever heard in the world? At least one man has been shot dead in clashes with U.N. peacekeepers. Peacekeepers. Hey, we're here for your peace, man. Don't worry about it. Now, however, help is on the way, John. Because remember that uh, when... Uh, President Obama, who was involved in the huge fundraising for uh, Haiti, which, of course, we can't actually get these people uh, out of the mud and tents. Oh, no, we can't do that. We're too busy funding the peacekeepers. Um, He brought in former presidents Bush and Clinton to to ask you for money. Sorry, not money, for cash. Come on, you got to play the clip. Now, right now... All we need from people, if you can't be part of a medical team or a search and rescue team, we just need cash. I know a lot of people want to send blankets or water. Just send your cash. Right. Just send your cash that went directly into their foundations because they uh, because the helphatynowfund.org had not been set oh, up by, yet. By the way, no. the day, uh, yeah, November 15th. It passed. No, it's still not up there. I went to the website. Uh, and I could not find the uh, Clinton Foundation uh, Form 990. It needs to be uh, filed by... Uh, it cannot be any later than the 15th of November. That's wait, a- wait, wait a minute. That can't be. That, I'm telling you, it can't be because we've got an email from people criticizing our condemnation of this foundation. 
saying that we as soon as the 15th rolled around, that would be a done deal. Well, uh, today I think is the 18th, and it is still not up on the website, so uh, I'll, have to, I'll have to go hunting around. However, there is a little news bulletin from yesterday. Port-au-Prince, Haiti, today the William J. Clinton Foundation announced it has committed $1.5 million. What? In, in, yes, one point five million. No, no, no. That must be billion. No, no, one point five million. No, no, no. You're wrong. You're reading it wrong because he collected over three billion. He wouldn't be giving him one point five million. Even better for the longer term. Oh, I mean, he's such a mensch. The foundation is committing five hundred thousand. That's half a million to support the implementation of an aggressive national education and awareness campaign. Oh, yes. Hey, you slaves in the mud, be aware. Just be aware. Be aware. You know, don't drink the water. Because, you know, could have co- oh, you don't have any other water? Here's a flashlight. You horrible, horrible, horrible elitist prick, you. $1.5 million. Took in hundreds of millions, maybe up close to a billion dollars, and has not published his, uh, his numbers yet. And by the way, I looked at 2008 again. Why does uh, an organization that brings in a quarter of a billion dollars in 2008... A quarter of a billion dollars. How, how hard is it to publish your numbers? They took two extensions in 2008 as well. Because it says right there on the form. Uh, filed extension three months, filed the second extension for three months. Don't just press a button on your, on your machine. Or do you have, are you too busy fudging the numbers? How hard is it? How hard is it? How, I, I, how hard is it? With all that money, you think you could hire somebody? Well, the, the, 60 percent uh, goes to salaries. So uh, yeah, you got sixty. <laughs> it's it's uh, you yeah, got that's like, funny. Nobody's covering this. No one cares. Now, of course, the other distraction, which uh, really made me chuckle when I saw it, General Motors went public today for the second time in their quote initial public offering. Um, the strike price, $33. Could it get any more evil? Could you get any more Illuminati on me by doing 33 I mean, please. Could you Could you just, could you like laugh in my face anymore? And, no, and don't forget, folks, we do have a $33.33 <laughs> subscription. Yeah, you can buy one share of General Motors stock if you're lucky, because, of course, you can't. Everyone else is on the inside on that deal. Or you could support this show where you actually learn something. $33.00. I, that that really the, he really they really shoved it in my face with that one, like thirty three dollars, <laughs> really. That's the strike price, huh? Okay, the awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, good work. Well, you the know, Haiti thing. Here's a little add on to the Haiti story. Right on. Because you don't want a bunch of people, these Haitians, like all of a sudden getting up and get trying walking out of there, going to the Dominican Republic, getting on boats. You don't want to do any of that. So what you what you do is you have a, a cholera case crop up in the Dominican Republic and a cholera case crop up in Florida, one each. Wow! To get rid now of all the all the lock all, down the Haitians so they can't even leave their own country. Right, right. They can't. No, I think that's already in place. Right. I think well, I, it's definitely it, in place now because we have cholera in Florida. Yeah, the damn Haitians are giving us cholera. My goodness. Shysters show up and take advantage of people's goodwill and generosity. We have to move to uh, Gitmo Nation, uh, United States of Europe for a moment, John, because um, our poet, uh, Haiku Herman, the president of the United States of Europe, for those of you who do not know, go ahead and uh, wiki it uh, or Google it because they do have a, a president in the United States of Europe. His name is Herman van Rompuy. 
He's uh, Belgian. And, and he never combs his hair, by the way. Well, there's not much to comb, really. Um, he made a, uh, a statement, very important statement yesterday. And he said, uh, the European Union is in a survival crisis. And this is, uh, I think this is a big deal. I think there is something really big coming down. Uh, of course, there's no video of it. Not that we could understand what he says anyway. We're in a survival crisis, the president told at an event. A- at a- Actually, there was a video. I could have clipped it. I saw it. Oh, okay. I, I couldn't find it. At least not quick enough. Um, he said this at a think tank Tuesday morning. What is he doing at a think tank? Uh, but this was right ahead of a meeting of finance ministers. Free, free breakfast. <laughs> yeah, good one. We all have to work together in order to survive with the Eurozone because if we don't survive with the Eurozone, we will not survive the European Union. So what is happening here? This is the largest economic hitman exercise I've ever seen in my life. It is primarily focused against Portugal and against uh, Ireland. And uh, both Portugal and Ireland say, well, hold on a second. We don't want to be bailed out by the IMF. We don't, we don't want to uh, take... Uh, the bailout from the European Union. In fact, Portugal's uh, prime minister, uh, foreign minister, says you know, we ha- we might have to leave the euro. Screw this. This, this. We're sick of this. So war could actually be on the horizon. But Dick Roche, who was the Irish prime minister, uh, showed up on the, uh, the BBC, the British Ministry of Truth mouthpiece, and said it's total bullcrap. It is not true. We have no problem. We don't need an IMF bailout. And I'd like to share that clip with you, John, because this is seminal. Also, listen to how the BBC reporter jumps down his throat on this um, like, like she knows what the hell she's talking about. We've, we have actually been emphasizing that we have a budget coming up and we have actually a, we're about to publish our four-year adjustment plan. If our budget goes through in December, uh, we will have uh, we will be in a position by the end of the budget cycle, that's in 2011, that we will be two-thirds of the way to achieving the 3% deficit figure. So there is no re- reason, no rational reason why we should trigger an IMF or the EU bailout. Well, these reassurances that you're giving uh, to our audiences now are presumably the same reassurances that you've given to uh, the Council of the European Central Bank, but obviously some members of that council are better qualified to judge uh, than I am, uh, including the Governor of the Bank of Spain, are simply not reassured and they want you to take what they call appropriate action. Well, I think members of that council may have different reasons. You mentioned the Governor of the Central Bank of Spain. Governors in the, 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 the members of the council may have different reasons, which have nothing to do with the fundamental position of Ireland, which is more to do with the fundamental position of other, uh, of other states or of the EU as, as the, EU, the Eurozone as, as a whole. Our focus has got to be on what we are doing. And we have made it very clear uh, that we have no intention of, of, of treating, particularly the IMF, which was the extreme suggestion that was made, because we have made the adjustments. We are intent on making those, those adjustments. And we are not prepared. Now, uh, stand by. Here she that. comes. Now, so, this, so, there, so sorry, there, can, sorry, I, can sorry, we be absolutely I, I, clear about this? Um, obviously, European finance ministers meeting today. Are you saying categorically there is absolutely no chance that you will accept an EU bailout? Because she's, of course, reading the talking points memos. Going, wait a minute. How can this be true? This is this is not this is not the script. We're, we have a huge package tonight on the news about how they're going to be bailed out. This is wrong. There is no reason why we should. Uh, I've heard you saying there is no yes, reason, well, but that's me, different. Who are you to talk to a prime minister? 
sister like that, lady. Different people have different perceptions. Uh, that's correct. And as now, we've agreed, you, other members of the European Commission... Uh, if you uh, let me finish the sentence, okay. maybe I think I could clarify it. The, the issue, and the, the, you mentioned the uh, Central Bank Governor of Spain, the issue there is relating to bank debt. I'm not sure what is going to... to wh wh why that issue has bubbled up as it has up bubbled up. But the, 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 <laughs> the, the, the matter of our banking debt and our banks have been very strongly supported by the European Central Bank. There is no doubt about that. Uh, so let me, let me just explain to people briefly what's happening and then uh, we can get off the topic. But it is really important because the wheels are coming off the United States of Europe. What happened... Can, can, yes. can, can, well, can I interrupt for just yeah, one second? Yeah, of course. Because I, I want to ask you, since you've got the analysis of this, but I'm going to ask you one thing as a side note. Do you think any of this is punishment of Ireland as a country for refusing to sign or vote in the EU bullcrap Lisbon Treaty. Well, of course, initially uh, they said no, but then they just kept on voting until they had a yes vote. So um, I think it's partially punishment, but uh, Ireland is very, very important uh, for commerce, and it needs to be taken control of. You know, where is all of Apple located in uh, the United States of Europe? In Ireland. That's where there's... The well, that's for tax purposes. Of course. Of course. And a lot of Microsoft stuff is out of Ireland. Yeah, Ireland, very important country. But it's just a, it's a bogus situation. They have an office there. They pay less taxes. Yep. The U.S. government gets screwed out of this money that we would be getting because the Irish business taxes are so low. So um, here's what's happening. When uh, people were... The, the human resources and slaves were told hey, this is a great idea, we're all going to have the same money, so you don't have to exchange your coins when you go to a different country, which happens a lot in uh, Europe. It's like going from uh, California to Arizona. Oh, i got to change my money. Okay, so that's how it was sold. Everyone, yeah, this is a good idea. Now, what people didn't realize is that uh, there would be a central bank um, known as the Central Bank of United States of Europe, and that they would control the money supply. So what happens when you have an individual country where things aren't going all that great, this is what uh, what we've just done in the United States, Get Nation proper, is you need to uh, inflate the money supply. It's called quantitative easing, and you basically print some money. If you don't have control over your money, then you can't control your own economy. Based upon, This is not the way I think it should work in any way, but that's the way it has worked uh, since way before I was born, and that's the system. So that power was taken away, and what they're essentially doing to all these poor countries and they are poor countries now, is they're squeezing them by the junk. They're squeezing their balls by not letting them, uh, they, they have no currency to inflate. They say, oh, no more money for you. Sorry about that. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're, and their banks will run dry. They will run out of money. And if everyone keeps fighting, and now the Netherlands, I have to say, Gitmo Nation Lowlands, it may be some posturing, but they're also uh, pissing off uh, Herr Hermann von Rompuy. Uh, everyone's angry, Spain, Portugal, Ireland, the wheels are coming off this thing, and they now speak of the bad debt dominoes, which is the meme you got to look out for. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Bad debt dominoes. You got me, you got me. Bad debt dominoes. I like dominoes. it. Yes. Very well structured. Yeah, bad debt dominoes. It flows off the tongue. It's really, really nice. Uh, unfortunately, it's, uh, it's not very good. Um, but bad things afoot in uh, in the United States of Europe. And now, John, finally. <laughs> We've got a new jingle. Yeah, I heard it. 
I got no news, but I just wanted to play the jingle. So uh, <laughs> there's another story that seems to be obfuscated by the TSA nothing to see here meme going around, mm-hmm. which I haven't been able to completely dissect. I did, but it, but what drew my attention to it was a very screwy report. This is about Victor Boot who is the international arms dealer of 20 years standing. Oh, yeah, this, uh, this was, uh, I, I did hear one little report about this guy. So Victor Boot is the guy that the movie, supposedly, the movie uh, Lords of War or whatever it is, the, the Nicolas Cage film about Lord of the War. Arms, arms dealer, right? Yeah, arms dealer, big big international arms dealer. He's been doing this for like a, forever. Says he's just a businessman. Actually has his own website defending himself called Victor. I think it's victorboot.com. You can check it out because on there, there's all the documents and all the stuff and his plea that he's just a normal business guy, whether he is or not, kind of beside the point. But they they decided to go after him. And, of course, once the, uh, you know, the intelligence agencies all get together and go after somebody like this, you can't really do that kind of high-end, high-profile business without, you know, being dragged in if they want to drag you in and if they decided to do that. But I didn't think much about it, just as the regular news story, until I heard this particular clip. Uh, because as we've talked about before, there are people that are planted by intelligence agencies and the news uh, organizations. And generally speaking, they only crop up when they're told to crop up. Uh, under weird circumstances, and gen- and so you can usually deconstruct like the New York. You can always figure out who's at, working for the CIA, for example, at the New York Times, by looking at the storylines. And all of a sudden, they'll be writing about you know children's toys, and then out of the blue, they come up with some crazy thing that that's backing up some assertion that's being made about something that we don't care about. It's like a very with lots of inside information, or somebody like Woodward, who is just essentially. Uh, given whole books to write uh and his job is to you know promote certain memes about obama and and this current administration the way it's going now so i was kind of stunned by this particular clip that we're going to play uh because i've over the years i've always heard charles osgood on cbs and he's got the bow tie, and he's very officious oh right yeah i know you're talking he does poetry and is the osgood minute he does the Osgood Minute. It's usually some feel-good story about, you know, a doll maker in, you know, <laughs> Kentucky. Geppetto. <laughs> some other. It's a bunch of just really, you know, short, interesting stories. But instead, he does a story on the Victor Boot bust, which is completely out of character. And he does it with a guy who's apparently some expert at CBS, and he does a question-and-answer thing that's structured just like the uh, thing we did early in the show with Margaret Warner, asking questions that are not answered. Is it one in particular? You'll hear it when you hear this little clip. It's only a minute or so. I, I need to know which clip it is. I'm scanning. It says, Propaganda Osgood. Okay. Uh, you're going to hear him ask a question about why was the D, and this is what, where it gets fishy. It actually drew my attention. I don't know. Maybe it was supposed to draw my attention to this bust, perhaps. Uh, I mean, maybe this is an attention grabber. It's not a negative thing. Uh, he asked, why was it the DEA that arrested Victor Boot in Thailand with a sting operation? When the guy never answers the question. He's not even with the DEA. He's just like, he's the analyst. 
And if you listen to this very carefully and you listen to this, this, this back and forth, you can tell it's totally scripted. It's not, it's as though it was one of those old fashioned, remember, you used to do radio and they'd send you a big disc of answers the guy would have and you'd just read. <laughs> yeah, you just read the question and then you just play the answer. You snip it in. Yeah. Yeah. It's called an electronic press kit. And this is what this sounds like. And I was completely baffled by it. Now it's drawn me to the story, which may be the intent, uh, because this makes no sense that this would run at all. The Osgood file. This is Charles Osgood. Victor Boot, a former Soviet military officer and cargo executive who was flown here from Bangkok in a chartered plane, taken in manacles and a bulletproof vest to New York, will be brought to court this afternoon to face charges. What is the case of Victor Boot about? CBS News National Security Analyst Juan Zarati. Victor Boot, sometimes called the merchant of death, was the premier international arms merchant, fueling conflicts around the world for almost... I just have to say right off the bat, Everything is edited. Even his introduction was like, I, had, I heard five edits in his introduction, John. And, and another thing you want to listen for is this Juan Zarate guy. Mm-hmm. He basically does nothing but say, well, Victor Boo is the angel of death. He was a miserable right. person. He just says all these yeah. negative things. Angel he, of death has huge Nazi connotation, by he the way. Has a, he, has a, he paints a very weird picture of this character. Of course, again, he never really says anything that's, that's news. Yeah, go hit it. I'm going to play it again from the top so you can listen to all the edits, even in his introduction. The Osgood File. This is Charles Osgood. Victor Boot, a former Soviet military officer and cargo executive who was flown here from Bangkok in a chartered plane, taken in manacles and a bulletproof vest to New York, will be brought to court this afternoon to face charges. What is the case of Victor Boot about? CBS News National Security Analyst Juan Zarate. Victor Boot, sometimes called the merchant of death, was the premier international arms merchant, fueling conflicts around the world for almost two decades, willing to do business with anyone willing to pay his price. From the dramatic way he was brought here, Juan Zarate, I gather Victor Boot is an important case. For many years, almost two decades, Victor Boot was considered the premier international arms merchant, willing to do deals with the devil in every corner of the world, fueling conflicts from the heart of Africa to Central and South Asia. If he's an arms trafficker, how is the Drug Enforcement Agency involved? Boot is facing a series of charges. That's just too funny, John. So well, tell asked, me. But yeah, but you got to listen to the question know, and then I, the of answer. Of course not. It's, it's propaganda. That's how you do it. Related to the sting operation brought by the Drug Enforcement Agency, where Victor Boot was uh, willing to provide and sell arms to the FARC movement. This is the rebel uh, terrorist group in Colombia, willing to sell them all sorts of arms. He was caught in the sting operation, and the charges brought relate to material support uh, to terrorism, arms trafficking related to terrorism. So he'll be tried in New York. But why do the Russians seem so upset about this? They don't want a Russian citizen facing a trial in the U.S. More importantly, there is speculation that Victor Boot has had long and deep ties with the Russian defense and intelligence community and may have information about Russian complicity in his arms dealings around the world for the last two decades. The Osgood File. Charles Osgood on the CBS Radio Network. Well, it's interesting. You know that Hillary Clinton is right now negotiating with the Russians for a, uh, a weapons treaty? Yeah, there's something up with this whole deal, and I haven't. I've been digging around and looking for something. He was, but he was actually arrested in Thailand right. through this DEA sting, which, which makes has, no sense because you know. Yeah, but it it make when you look at the the I looked at the uh, complaint, which Victor Boot has on his website, uh, the government complaint, which is actually quite funny to read. Uh, 
And the reason the DEA got involved is because they are making – the DEA makes – I never heard this before, by the way. The DEA makes the assertion in the complaint that the FARC folks in Colombia are now – uh, and I guess have been for a while, and I guess it must have been the case in 2008, for, so it's been going on for years, uh, the leading exporters of cocaine. It sounds to me like this is a double whammy. So first of all, the guy is obviously a patsy, um, because, you know, and by the way, maybe he was muscling in on our business because we're the best arms dealers here in Gitmo Nation. I believe that there's some, there's an element of that. I think you're right. I think it was a patsy, but I think he was mus- muscling in or there was, there's something, he stepped on somebody's toes someplace. So the uh, guy's been doing this for 20 years and now they decide to arrest him. I mean, what, what does, well, does I that think make there, there may. So I also heard in that report to uh, Columbia, FARC, terrorism, terrorism, terrorism. So is it time to move into Colombia? Well, terrorism. The guy was basically yeah. selling weapons to terrorists. Hey, if there's terrorists, we got we need to go there. We need to move in. We we got Yemen. Now we got to move into Colombia. Terrorism. Well, I think there's still the one thing overlooked in all this, of course. Which again, this is too much of a web to deconstruct properly because it's too weird. I still think this has something to do with Chavez and Venezuela and the oil. Uh, at the ah, base of right. it, because now we're hearing other reports that Chavez is supporting FARC. Huh. And, you know, right, I don't know. It's just, right. it's a real mess. I mean, I have not, all I know is that this drew my attention to the story. This story took place during the period of time where we're getting distracted by the TSA, the nothing to see here moment of the day. And it was completely brushed under the rug, and it's pretty major. Well, we'll see what comes out of it. Uh, I, I think your uh, assassination of this media report is uh, is spot on, something very fishy about it. I also heard, and it's the merchant of death, not, not the angel of death. I also heard this, and I was like, okay, something going on. We don't know exactly what yet, but also it could be that Hillary's negotiation with the Russians has something to do. Because, you know, if, look, it's all about oil. It's all about guns. And maybe it's still about gold here and there. And uh, the Russians are in all of that. And so maybe they said, oh, yeah, well, why don't we just take your guy? All right. Now, now what? Now what are you going to do? We got your guy. We got your main, uh, your main sales guy. <laughs> it's, like, it's like taking Microsoft sales guy. It's like, <laughs> like taking Balmer. Yeah. It's like, hey, we got, we got your Balmer right here. So what are you going to do now? Sign on the dotted line, okay? They're all thugs, man. It's all little gangs and thugs and the Clinton gang and the Bush gang. And you got your Putin gang. It's all gangs. Another thing, well, high that, level gangs. An, another thing that was kind of snowed under was um, the very first Gitmo uh, detainee. Uh, well, he didn't get off, but uh, you know, this was the whole we're going to try the guy in civilian court and not military court. You remember this? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so uh, yeah, the guy finally got tried. So he was acquitted on all accounts except for uh, a conspiracy. Yeah. So, in other words, uh, you didn't actually do anything, but yeah, you worked with you. You worked with him. Yeah, you, yeah. You conspired. So. They had apparently a hundred uh, accusations or whatever they, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, what do you call them? Yeah. What indictments. Do you call them? Indictments. Hundred yeah. of them. <laughs> and then uh, they, well, they get them on the one. Have you Have you seen this guy? Yeah. He's a kid. <laughs> he's a bonehead. He's a kid. No, he's just a kid. He looks yeah. like a l- l- little punk. Yeah, he probably was only 10 when they arrested him. It's, it's unbelievable. Posturing, posturing, posturing. Hey, speaking of Balmer, this uh, 
Connect thing that they're selling. Yeah. A pretty interesting report. Um, if you look at their... Uh, so when you buy this, and there's a, there's a little uh, terms of service thingy. <laughs> Microsoft also reserves the right at all times to disclose any information as necessary to satisfy any applicable law, regulation, legal process, or governmental request, or to edit, refuse to post, or remove any information or materials in whole or in part in Microsoft's sole discretion. Uh, it, it, you know, this thing tracks your movement. It tracks who you are. It takes video of you. You should not expect any level of privacy concerning your use of the live communication features, voice chat, video communications, in live uh, hosted gameplay sessions. I don't think you should be using one of these things. It, I mean, it's so funny. It's like it's in your house. It's in your house, and it's looking at you. <laughs> it's got three cameras. Hello, hello. <laughs> hey, I've got an idea, Bill. <laughs> What? I think we, you know what, we can do a deal with the government. We could put the, you know, the 1984 cameras. Yeah, what about them? Let's put, Why don't we put three of them? Not one, but three of them and sell them yeah. as some sort of thing that's game. supposed to be like a game. A game. <laughs> and they're going to be hooked to the internet, right? Because everybody is. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. I like it. <laughs> well, speaking and, of, and, yeah. And of course, everybody knows that I always put a piece of tape over, over all cameras, yeah. Over, over all, all cameras, all cameras. Absolutely, I, I should do that on my laptop. I, by, I, by the way, I finally brought my mail server in house. Yeah, uh, it took me three days. Very, very interesting uh, exercise. Um, mainly, be, first of all, what was very and, and by the way, so if you send me email now, you're pretty much secure, and it's a, a, a an OSX Mac on running an OSX server running on a Mac Mini, which I like because I can just unplug the power cord and the Ethernet, and and I can take it with me, or I can fling it into the ocean. And that's uh, you know, it's like it's it's nice and portable. I'm very happy with the solution. But what was interesting is I'm looking at the log files, the SMTP log files. Oh my God, there's like four spam attempts a second. Oh yeah, it's unbelievable. You just see it like because you know the server, of course, refuse, refuse, refuse. I'm just looking at them like, wow, spammers really are the internet. It's, it's like it's for a second. I'm not. I'm not kidding. It's like boom, 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 boom. Just keep on. They just keep trying, and it's all like from ro- uh, number, number, number symbol at Rolex dot com. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Rolex dot com. Yeah, it's a nightmare. It's no. It's beyond nightmare. Yeah, that's why I always advise people not to, you know, don't ever want to be a server administrator for, you know, websites and the rest of it. It's well, nightmare. I, I really, I re- I'm really loving it because, of course, I'm the only user on the system. So uh, it actually, if I do a search, it's really fast. So it's, uh, it's, it's, kind, it's kind of replicating my, uh, my Gmail experience. I'm off the Gmails. I'm gone. I'm off. I'm off. Mm-hmm. I'm off. I'm off, I tell you. So, uh, Adam, of course, if you send it to anywhere else, it'll still arrive, but uh, Adam at Curry.com is the only place you want to send me email, um, and uh, it is as secure as possible. It's not uh, ultimate. In fact, uh, unfortunately, even though th- I was amazed that Time Warner Cable allows uh, SMTP in and out, I-, I thought that was pretty astounding. I learned very quickly that uh, many mail servers reject email from uh, from the entire range. So if you're sending SMTP messages, so essentially your mail server is, is talking to another mail server, it says, oh, Time Warner Cable, yeah, I think not, denied. So I have to relay through uh, a, a D, uh, DYNDNS.org. So when I send a reply to you, it, it, you know, obviously that's not entirely secure. 
Yeah, kind well, of sucks. But it's better. It's better than. Uh, it's not like you're sending secret messages. Well, no, but I get a lot of stuff from people who send something to me, and it's like, okay, you don't want that. What you don't want is you don't want it sitting at Google, and then the government says, "Hey, uh, Google, give me Curry's email." Okay, here it is, because that's what they'll do. Oh yeah, I, I well, look. I look the right, this. If they have the rights, you know, you know, they give the right yeah. paperwork. Yeah, oh, they don't. Yeah, what is, is they just send a fax? Hey, Google, give me Curry's email. Okay, here it is. There you go. So at least it makes it a little bit harder for them. Right. Yeah. Well, we don't want our, our confidential informants. No. Uh, who compromised. You know, we want do we don't want them compromised. I mean, so, we do our best and we have no, we're no doing the best, best so that far. we can. Best that we can. I remember when I was at uh, InfoWorld as the editor some years back, somebody was feeding me uh, really good stuff from uh, AT&T and um I'm, and I'm actually quite good, and you can put me on a lie detector, and I can never remember who anybody is. Well, of course, you know that already. Um, and uh, this guy, and I said, well, you know, you, you know, I could tell he was going through their system. I said, you should probably try, you know, do somebody, you know, come in through some e- other email system. And within a month, they tracked him down within the company and fired oh, him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's not that hard. No, it's not that hard. I have a couple of, uh, if you want to lighten the load here. Yeah, I think we should. Take a load want, off, boy. I, I got a couple of, you know, the medleys that John Stewart's famous for. I've got two of them in a row that are actually quite funny. And one of them is the uh, John Stewart medley number one, which is uh, all the clips. And by the way, this is where you can f- find out memes because of, that are on talking points. But this is a clip of people condemning uh, Obama's trip to uh, India, Asia, India this, and Indonesia. Yes. Ready? Yes. Well, I can't wait to hear about his trip. I bet he thinks he hit a home run. Instead of hitting home runs, sometimes we're going to hit singles. But they're really important singles. (laughs) (laughs) At At least he's not using cricket references. He seems sad. Mr. President, if you're not going to blow your own trumpet, what's everyone else going to do to your trumpet? Oh, my God, Mr. President, hide your trumpet! President Obama's Asia trip was a total disaster. His economic view somewhat rejected. No resolution with China over their currency valuation. He failed to reach a free trade agreement with South Korea. No cooling of tensions between India and Pakistan. Refused to condemn the global jihad. A tough meeting with the German chancellor. He's lost his mojo. This is a troubled time in America. Why is he going on this long trip? This was an extraordinarily expensive trip. Another chapter in the Great American Apology Tour. What did he get besides really nice photo ops? Why did he go? And when he went, why did he f*** it up so badly? Yeah. So, well, the, the, remember I said that, you know, his whole attitude is demure. He has no energy in his voice. He's he's very, you know, he's he's taken aback. And uh, this is all part of the script. He's, he's supposed to lose. He's supposed to be a loser. Uh, he's, uh, he's, oh, by the way, he's secretly gay. I mean, all of this stuff is bashing Obama. By the way, the Another secretly thing gay thing yeah. has been getting a little bit, as a meme, has been cropping up in the weirdest places, including the New York Times. Oh, really? Which, I, I missed that. Yeah, there's a clip I have. I didn't get it this week. I'll go try to dig it up. It says that Obama, when he was in Indo, this is just the summary. Maybe I won't even dig it up. When he was a kid in Indonesia, he had some mentor who was apparently some famous gay guy. 
and this mentor was helping him with something. And then, and so when he went to Indonesia, he didn't want to go back to his old neighborhood. This is all in the New York Times. Didn't want to go back to his old neighborhood where where people would remember him with this gay mentor. Right. right. And it was all. It was just a lot of innuendo. And it just seems to me that there's a you know. You know, we, we've thought that if, whether he's bisexual or not. Oh, by the way, and by the way, that was run on the. I think it was run on one of the gay news shows that they have on Free Speech TV that I caught. Uh, that that information. So there's this. It's this really underlying. It's kind of creepy that what they're trying to do to this guy. But you know, well, but I think he. I, I think he knew it. And I think um, he was really enjoying the moment. I remember, we hire actors as our presidents in the United States, and some of them actually accredited and uh, uh, like Reagan, like real actors. We hire actors, and he knew the deal. He knew the deal was you got to ram all this stuff through. You're going to be great, and you know he he loved the moment and he loved the limelight. And you know now it's like, hey, remember we made that deal with you, dude? Okay, now it's time to go. Now it's time to switch. Now you got to back off. Now you got to be demure. Uh, what? Oh. You don't want us to tell everyone about that, do you? Oh, I mean, and the meeting that he had with Hillary, as everyone remembers, during the election when she decided to stop running against him, was some sort of a you know it was a secret meeting that was it was high, it was covered as a meeting. She gets a Secretary of State job, so she stays in a higher profile. She doesn't have to worry about staying in the Senate where they where where your record catches up to you. And right. which is the problem with being a senator running for president, unless you're just one term and you're out, like like uh, Obama. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're staying too long, you know, you get a, you do something stupid and they use it against you. They beat you up with it. And so the best thing to do is to put her into this higher profile job of secretary of state where she gets to be the she's got international experience now. So they're really leading up to her uh, her uh, getting the, the, the job now. We've, this is one of the precepts of this show. We, we, we're, we're sticking with that. Now, the second clip I have from uh, Stewart is a montage about Bill Clinton, which is actually kind of funny. It's had nothing to do with the, with the Obama trip or anything else. It's just a really interesting juxtaposition of, again, the crap that we're fed uh, by the news media. Barack Obama is just terrible. <laughs> Republicans especially are coming down on him mercilessly. I bet they missed the good old days when they had a president they respected. Under Clinton, you had a president that was willing to compromise. Bill Clinton, who you depict in your book, yes. he was a flexible guy. He learned how to compromise with conservatives to get things done. If he's willing to work with us, as Bill Clinton did after the 1994 elections, to pass things like welfare reform, trade agreements, and the like, we'll certainly work with him. That's right. <laughs> Republican darling Bill Clinton. Now, some of you may be too young to remember the feel-good 1990s, when a universally respected President Clinton reigned over an eight-year bipartisan love fest. Let me give you a taste of what it felt like back then. President Clinton lied. He assaulted our legal system. Delivered an unworkable socialist health care scheme. The massive approach to health care, the extremism. New spending and new taxes. He wants to make radical changes. It's an un-American position. New age socialist. Someone who's dodged the draft is a draft dodger. I believe he's abused his power. He's defiled and debased the presidency. The mysterious death of Vince Foster. Vince Foster. Suicide. Why? 
Why? There was blonde hair, not Mr. Foster's on his T-shirt. Whose hair was it? Bill Clinton is a bad boy, a naughty boy. Misleading and untruthful. Fake and phony. Bill Clinton is probably even a nasty, bad, naughty boy. Airport Rub and Tug is right. <laughs> Bill Clinton was a bipartisan dream who Republican members of Congress tried to impeach when they weren't on the floor of the House of Representatives accusing him of having a hand in someone's murder. Uh. Now the funny thing about that clip, by the way, is that guy that that this the senator who was uh, you know putting the foot uh, down. Yeah, right, yeah. Larry, well, was, yeah, Larry Stevens. I know it wasn't Stevens. Stevens, no. the guy who got killed in yeah. the airplane. Yeah. Anyway, it's so, so that hard guy, to keep him apart. Yeah, I can't keep these guys separate. <laughs> anyway, that guy is the one who says, "Oh, he's a nasty, naughty boy." And the way he was saying, I'm thinking, nasty. wasn't it obvious that this guy was a weirdo? Yeah. Nasty. You know, I got an email from Bill. Clinton? Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm a subscriber. Of course, you know. Did I, you I, actually subscribe or are they just send you no, spam? No, I, no, I subscribe. Of course. Are you kidding me? I want to know what this this prick is doing. So what what did he say to you? Well, so first of all, dear John, because of course I registered under an alias. <laughs> In 1994, I was the first president to watch a FIFA World Cup. In 1994, I was the first president to watch a FIFA World Cup yeah, game played on American soil. A little more. What? You got to sound a little more with a broken voice. Ah, I'll never forget that day. <laughs> I can't do it. The beauty of the game, the roar of the crowd, and the power of soccer to unite people of such diverse backgrounds and beliefs. For the past six months, I've been working to bring this incredible experience to millions more Americans as the honorary chairman of the USA Bid Committee, the organization behind our nation's official bid to host the World Cup in 2022. Join the bid. Wow. So is he asking for money? From Harlem to Harare. <laughs> this is a, that's a good one, a good line. From Harlem, we should use that. From Harlem to Harare. Soccer is played in every corner of the planet, but perhaps no nation embodies the spirit of the game quite like the United States. What bullshit is that? <laughs> no kidding. We are a rich melting pot of cultures and ethnicities. Every qualifying nation will feel as though they're playing a home game on our pitch. Hard diversity. <laughs> <laughs> he actually uses it. Our dedication, our unique blend of individual achievement. We have just 17 days to make this dream a reality. Join the bid. Your message is powerful. We need to tell FIFA the game is in the U.S. The FIFA is the largest corruptest organization. It's oh, like yeah. it's right no, up I there. That we, 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 yeah, it's been we made that clear. We made that very the, clear. Uh, it's right up there with uh, with the Olympic uh, Committee, and yeah. this uh, elitist prick is uh, is shilling for them now. Unbelievable. Is he asking for money? No, not not. You have to go to join the bid. No, I don't. I don't know. I don't think they need money. Uh, but he's getting paid, honorary chairman. Mm-hmm. Right, honorary chairman. Did you know about Bill HR six forty five? The National no, Emergency not, the National Emergency Centers Establishment Act. What's it do? Uh, <laughs> I'm glad you asked. 
here we go. In general, in accordance with the requirements of this act, the Secretary of Homeland Security shall establish not fewer than six national emergency centers on military installations. It's the Concentration Camp Act. And it's cropping up again. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, they expect they're going to pull people off the line over there on opt-out day and throw them into a throw FEMA camp? Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's not FEMA. It's uh, military. It's different. Oh, this military. Is, yeah, this is a little different from uh, location of national emergency centers. There shall be established not fewer than one national emergency center in each of the following. Oh, I'm sorry. It is all FEMA. Uh, FEMA regions 1, 2, and 3, FEMA region 4, FEMA region 5 and 7, FEMA region 6. Oh, okay, all the FEMA regions, apparently. This has more fuel to the FEMA camp fire. These people, have, you know, are all over. Yeah, we, we need to track this. Um, HR 645. It's unbelievable. Uh, throw us in a camp. Oh, please, John, give me something happy to get out of here with. Uh, wait a minute. I have something kind of funny. I have a clip that, that will oh, make you a happy clip. Good. It, this is the reaction, I think, that we're looking for for a lot of this stuff. Play response. Let me grab response. Here we go. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> what? What's that? <laughs> I needed the cricket sound. <laughs> <laughs> I got a for fun- some of our lame jokes. I got a funny one for you. So this is from the real news category. This is a uh, a safe sex PSA, uh, although there's all kinds of funny memes in there between Bristol Palin of Bristol Palin, uh, known oh, as yeah. This I saw this. This is really the weirdest thing I've yeah, ever seen of B Palin fame and the situation of the Jersey Shore, and it's just like you watch this, you go like, what? What's what? the agent for this thing? <laughs> Well, excuse me, miss. Have you ever had a situation with the uh, official situation? Excuse me, Sitch? Oh, snap. Be Palin. You mean to tell me that girls actually fall for that line? Come on. I mean, if those words don't work, I got the situation right there. I hope you're as committed to safe sex as you are those abs. I know you're all about that abstinence thing, you know, but I mean, come on. Be Palin, are you serious? Like, you're not going to hook up with, like, before you're married? For real. For real. For real, for real? For real, for real, for real. All right. Well, you know what? I mean, just in case you do get into a situation, I want to make sure that you are situated. Because if you do get into a situation with your situation, you may end up with a situation. And you may not like that situation. Trust me, though. I'm not getting myself into another situation. I know how hard it is to be a teen parent. You know what? I totally respect that. And I totally respect abstinence. I mean, it actually has the word abstinence. Come on. I'm the situation. I love that. Very funny. But I'm worried about you and you practicing safe sex. I actually practice a whole lot. I mean, a whole lot. Talk about the safe part of that. Ah, the safe part? We got the safe part down pat. What pile? Magnum. Magnums. (laughs) You know what? I might be able to spare one. I mean, you know, I'll give you one. It's fine. I avoid situations. All right, good, good. If you're good at avoiding situations, and you're situated, and I'm situated, situation's under control. Well, I'm glad that we agree on one thing. Pause before you play. Pause before you play. That's probably the most important thing. You got to think before you get into a situation. A PBYP? Uh, turn it off. <laughs> no, it's almost sandwich. there. Turn it off. Snap. Snap. This is what our kids listen to. This is ter- it was the most painful thing to watch, and you play it. You played it. This is now you've bummed me out. That is this, it was the worst thing. And who's she kidding? This woman. 
And, and by the way, when she says safe sex, I swear to God, I heard I heard it the second time. It sounds a lot like she's saying same same, same sex. sex. Yeah, I heard the Did same. You notice thing. that? Yeah, I noticed it too. Same sex. Now I heard that too. Um, end of show clip will be Dave Barry in a uh, short four minute clip about uh, the TSA love pats, which is kind of funny to listen to. So that should put you in a good mood. Well, and actually, if you're going to play that, you might as well back it up with one. I, I was hoping we weren't going to play any more TSA crap, but I have a editorial from WPIX. Uh, you know, it's, it's one of the last stations in the country. Remember years ago, they used yeah. to have this guy yeah, come yeah, out New York, editorial. PIX, sure. PIX, sure. Well, they have a Joker editorialist uh, called Lionel, who has his own theme song. <laughs> Lionel. And Lionel actually does a fairly good anti-TSA editorial. You can play right on the end of the other one. Or should I do it before Dave Barry? Maybe before is better. Is, is Dave Barry really funny? Yeah, it's funny. Well, this is too. You, you can play it after. This okay. probably has a better punchline at the end. Coming to you from Gitmo Nation West in the People's Republic of Southern California, IA in the morning. I'm Adam Curry. And from the uh, Buzzkill Bunker here in northern Silicon Valley where it's take out the garbage day. Actually, the garbage has been picked up and they left the cans in the middle of the street like they love to do. I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you again on Thursday right here on No Agenda. Remember, Dvorak.org slash N.A. Have you ever told your kids that their bodies are sacred, that no one but no one can put their hands on them, and that if anyone ever does, they are to tell you immediately? Have you ever told your kids that only you, their parent, and maybe their doctor, can ever put their hands on them, especially in private areas? It's one of the most serious and, frankly, uncomfortable discussions you'll ever have with your kids, because you have to contaminate and shatter their innocence by having to tell them about bad people who want to touch them. And now, kids are watching the news and hearing about adults objecting to TSA Fondly, Mommy, are you going to let that man at the airport touch me down there? And what scares me is that a lot of folks believe that law enforcement and the authorities can do anything they want to to stop terrorism or fight the war on drugs or whatever reason they give. That's frightening. You watch. When the next crazy kid brings a gun into a school, mark my words, watch the schools take the TSA procedures and apply it to your kids. You watch. Folks are going to make so much money with these scanners, you'll see them in schools. And you watch. Some school security is it will next be fondling your kids for their own good. They're already doing it to kids now in airports. Remember, 12-year-old kids have been pulled out of the line. They've had nude bodies, their nude bodies photographed. And don't kid yourself, that's exactly what it is. In the U.K., child advocates argue that these nude scanners violate the Protection of Children Act of 1978. Our country, who goes crazy if you use the R word or see Janet Jackson's Ariela for a nanosecond or the way sports Mascots depict ethnic stereotypes. We go nuts over that. But having some minimum wage sky cap with a badge stick his hand out your pants? Not a peep for some. Let me remind you, our legal system has been very carefully permitting police in very specific circumstances to search our bodies or conduct pat-down searches. Our jurisprudence has carved exceptions for arrest and custodial detention. And this is for a trained, sworn law enforcement agent with police and arrest powers, not a glorified bouncer, not a civilian given a badge for decoration. The message that we are giving the rolling the, the people by rolling over is simple. Do whatever you want to do to us so long as you mention terrorism. We will tolerate anything so long as it's not us or our family who are grabbed. And don't worry, we will not follow the news or investigate just unnecessary and how ineffective these methods are. We will assume it's all the up and up. And you know what happens when we assume the position. Comment as you see fit.
And coming next, the thought police, and you're going to be in a lot of trouble. Well, now to someone whose junk was recently touched, humorist Dave Barry. Last week, he went through a TSA full-body scanner. What the screeners saw, they did not like. And Dave Barry, you have discovered that you are suffering from a rare disorder. What, what exactly is that disorder? They told me I have a blurred groin. A blurred groin. Yeah, I, I, was, I was in that machine, like a phone booth thing, where they make you hold your arms up. And then it sends a scan of your naked body to, they claim, a TSA person <laughs> in another room. But it could be to Bangladesh, to hacker. You don't know where. But word came back. You have a blurred groin. Yeah, so Did they, you know? I, they, they were letting everyone else go. Everybody else had a nice sharp groin, I guess. But when I went through, they pulled me aside and put me in this kind of like little pen. And after like, I don't know, three or four minutes of standing there, I asked one of them, what, why am I here? And he said, you have a blurred groin. And I went, what? Because you hate to find this out. At the airport. Yeah, I had just had a physical, I mean, literally two weeks earlier, which was pretty thorough, if you know what I'm saying. So I'm standing there, you know, after another few minutes, and then another man came over and said, you have to come with me to this little room. And he gave my boarding pass to another guy. And as we're going to the room, he said, your groin was blurred. And so, <laughs> he said, I know, I know. <laughs> so, so, so like what now, happened like Everybody in, in Miami knows I've got a blurred groin. Well, what happened next? Well, they take you in this little room, and it's an unpleasant little room. The man is putting on the blue gloves. He's telling me how he's going to touch me, and he makes a big point about when he's going to be using the front of his hand and when he's going to be using the back of his hand. And I'm thinking... I don't really care. Like, it's not like if I'm going to have a guy touching me, I'm going to look down and go, oh, it's okay. It's the back of his hand. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) And then while I was in there, the the other guy with the boarding pass came in and he says, oh, I'm a, you know, you're Dave Barry. I'm a big fan. And, And so I had this kind of surreal conversation with one guy telling me what a big fan he is, how much you know, he likes my... And, and the other guy is <laughs> groping me. We asked TSA for some response to what happened, and they sent us some general information about the pat-downs. One, they're not punitive. They say it just makes good security sense. Well, I would say whoever wrote that it's not punitive was not having his or her groin fondled at the time. But they do point out, look, you know, we remember the, the would-be Christmas Day bomber last year with explosives in, in his underwear. They say if there's an anomaly, and I guess you were an anomaly, if it's detected during screening, you're going to get a pat-down. I, You know, I'm, I'm not going to argue that it's totally unnecessary. I'm not going to say that. I do think, and this is not an original observation, you see a lot of, I do, a lot of elderly ladies being pulled aside for one issue or another. And I suppose terrorists could use an elderly lady to attack a plane. I just don't think they ever have. It just seems like make more sense to focus your efforts on things that are more likely to actually happen. Did you have a conversation with your wife after this, Dave? Like, honey, you know, I, I have something I have to tell you. <laughs> yeah, I got on the phone right away and I called my wife because they say you should share that with your partner. <laughs> <laughs> and her reaction was? <laughs> she, she thought it was pretty funny. How do I put this? My, my wife doesn't have any complaints about my groin that I know of. <laughs> well, Dave Barry, safe travels. Oh, I thank you. I'm feeling much safer now knowing that they're not going to let me on there without checking me. Humorous Dave Barry's blog is called Dave Barry's Blog. <laughs> our liberties. I say that is wrong. We are not safer. And we also know there are individuals who are making money off this. Michael Chertoff. I mean, here's a guy that was the head of the TSA selling the equipment. And the equipment's questionable. We don't even know if it works. And it may well be dangerous to our health. 
You know, the way I see this, if this doesn't change, I see what has happened to the American people is we have accepted the notion that we should be treated like cattle. Make us safe, make us secure, put us in the barbed wire, feed us, fatten us up, and then they'll eat us. And we're a bunch of cattle, and we have to wake up and say, we've had it. I think this whole idea of an opt-out day is just great. We ought to opt out and make the point, get, a, get somebody to watch it, take a camera. It's time for the American people to stand up, shrug off the shackles of our government at TSA at the airport. You. Order.